shift at the plant and I work on the outside. And I'd a lot rather be back home making love to my new bride. Well, there's only two things that I want when I'm back in my double wide, and that's a big old brew and a little old you. Now I know you're working every day just as hard as I do. If I didn't think that I might have loved you, but I wouldn't have said I do. And there's only two things in the world I need to get close to, and that's a big old brew and a little old you. All right, little old you, we're back, and uh, we're working on the outside down here in Oak Hill tonight. It's been a little bit. It's and, been way too long. Yeah. You know what? It's uh, just been one of those deals where we've been uh, trying to get together, and then somebody gets like a little bug, and we're all like, okay, dial it back. Let's, you know. And then father's day happened yeah father's memorial day it's been summer it's it's summer and it's uh it's not that we don't want to get together it's just kind of hard to get it all to happen you know the way that it needs to happen right uh, we pulled it off tonight and uh this first um portion of the show is uh sponsored by uh leslin because uh, we all have full bellies from mm-hmm. uh, Leslin's generous contribution of sending down some uh, delicious steak from uh, her ranch out there in Montana. Leslin, thanks a bunch. It, it was, was absolutely freaking delicious. Oh Flat gosh. out amazing. It yeah. was the best steak I've had in a very long time. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Yeah, we yeah, had agreed. we had the sirloin and. The fat content on that was, and, and the flavor oh, was unreal. just unreal. So uh, thank you very much. We uh, certainly appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we might not have uh, a rum bottle sitting in the middle of the table. <laughs> we might not have... Uh, Yeti cups for each of our pours. Yeah, but uh, we have listeners like Leslin. And yeah, that's I'll take uh, that any day. And beer from across the country. That's right. So and stickers and and flies. And, yeah, you know we're sponsored by the people. Yeah, for the people. For the people. <laughs> Offices Oak Hill. That's right. So we have a uh, a caller on the line, and I hope you can hear. I don't know, Andrew. Uh, you you with us? You might have to turn the volume up. Oh, I probably do. Hey, buddy, you there with us? I'm a uh, first-time caller, uh, long-time listener, though. Oh, hey, buddy, how are you? Uh, pretty good, boys. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Doing well. So, uh, Got my uh, mouth watered with all the steak talk. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, <laughs> Leslin did not disappoint, man. I tell you, uh, gumption longhorns, uh, I don't know if we were eating longhorn or what type of cow we got a hold of, but it was a damn good one. Mm-hmm. Damn. So, uh, you, uh, you just had your birthday. Um, how, how were, how was the, uh, celebration? Best birthday I've had in a long time. Nice. Nice. Yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. And, uh, appreciate y'all's part in that. Uh, my girlfriend, uh, hooked it up with a, uh, sneaky side project for the last few weeks. And, 
yeah, that was, I was, I was pretty touched by that. That had me a little uh, watery in the eyes. Did you shed a tear for us, Andrew? Uh, not for you, Jameson, but uh, <laughs> pretty much everybody else, yes. I want to see a copy of that video because I want to know where she put me. If she put me first, then that's not very fair. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it makes it almost look like I have friends. Well, it's it's yeah. funny. I it would be interesting to see, like you know, like because you know, I mean, bless her heart. You know, I've not had the opportunity. You know, Ben and and Jameson have met Maddie in person. Yeah, that's right. But like to see where and how Maddie. Um, put together the lineup. So if we're a baseball team, like you yeah. know, who who was Who's the lead off? Up? Who who was oh, clean right. up? And uh, kind of see how a lot of pressure. How everybody yeah. was uh, stacked into that video because uh, you know um, nobody has any idea what anybody else's video looks like. That's or, right. Or, you know, like was it? So, you know, did everybody do like you know ten fifteen seconds? Did somebody get in there and like really like you know give you like a minute or two? Like nobody knows. Well, so I, I wrote a poem. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yes. I didn't write a poem. Roses uh, are red, violets are blue. Andrew, I love you. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to you. you. <laughs> That's essentially how I went, um, more or less. Yeah. Um, it was a really, really, really thoughtful video. And uh, I think the clustering and stacking and organization of said video is pretty appropriate. So Cool. Where, where uh, did you? She, she, she recruited my mother to um, help get you know my family and, and various other people she hadn't met before. Right. <laughs> so I'm watching the video last night, and I'm like, do you even know who that is? Because I was totally, one, not expecting a video. And two... I, I hadn't I hadn't introduced her to half the people that she getting to send videos. Right. <laughs> like it it was a Herculean effort that she executed. That's awesome. Flawlessly. Yeah, she's she's uh she's pretty awesome. But, you know, I, I would have to say that that's like really super cool because you know, if I were endeavoring to do that, I'd be like calling you up and I'd be like, Hey Andrew is uh, there any way I can send you about 20 clips? They're different links. <laughs> and, and can you put them together for me, but not watch them while you're putting them together? Yep. I mean, well, she was sending me Snapchats and stuff of her working on her computer, which, yeah. I'd, so what are you up to? She's like, oh, editing a video for, uh, for summer uh, camp. And I'm like, uh, okay, she's <laughs> very sneaky about the whole process. Mm. Like, although, like in broad, broad vision, broad daylight, I mean, she was able to do it. So, killer. She could keep a secret. All right. Well, well done, Maddie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Where Where did she premiere it for you? Like on the top of a mountain or something? Because based on your social medias, that's all you ever do is climb mountains. <laughs> And catch permit, but whatever. But, <laughs> oh, oh, little, throwing it little down. tidbit there. So, no, nah, that's the, that's uh, that's the personality I wish I lived and had. That uh, she she did a she did a whole viewing party thing for me wow. uh, in her living room last night and got me balloons and uh, Christmas lights and stuff. It was uh, nice, awesome. Yeah, I, if it, I could kick off my influencer career with uh, the. <laughs> the decorations if I wanted to, but I think I'll uh, hold on for one more year. I got you. So you, but, you mentioned this permit thing. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and kick off um, the episode with uh, 
probably the first thing that happened after the last episode was uh, our boy Tanner Sievert, who a uh, great friend of the show, uh, he's been spending the spring and early summer down in the Keys. Uh, this is his second year doing uh, tarpon season as a guide. Um Tanner had been working for years uh, in the boat building industry and uh, had been slowly making the shift, the move over to uh, wanting to full-time guide uh, here in Mosquito Lagoon, uh, as well as uh, once he got a book of business here in the lagoon, he started talking to his clients about whether they would be interested in going down to the keys and doing you know tarpon during tarpon season so uh he had a few uh few little spots here and there to fill out that that uh calendar and he reached out to me and said hey if uh you know you've got the time to come down i've got like just a few dates that uh would work and uh come down and fish and if you want to bring somebody with you uh by all means do and uh I reached out to Andrew on the off chance that uh, he might be willing to hop on a flight and come down from Tennessee and join me down there for a couple of days. And uh, Andrew, I'll let you kind of jump in and tell the story from your perspective. Um, Andrew and I had a little trip to uh, the Keys for some tarpon and other stuff fishing. Well, Dale, yeah. Other stuff. (laughs) Um yeah, so I, I don't know, maybe it was a week and a half out, and you hit me up about essentially tagging along, and uh, wasn't super sure that would work, just based off my schedule. I was between coming back from a work trip out west, so I did have some credit time saved up, but uh, as I got back, did what was supposed to be a week trip on the Appalachian Trail, uh, got rained out with that tropical compression, and, and then... Um, Maddie and my loving girlfriend uh, took me to the Kenny Chesney concert. So it was like a lot of things going on. And uh, it just so happened to work out to where I had a few more days off. So um, uh, was able to get a ticket head south. And then a few days later, I was, I, I bought the ticket like the, the, the night after, uh, sorry, the, the night before. I went down there, so I got like, like one of the last seats on the plane. Uh, you were, you were, down there. You, you were middle seating yeah. it down, huh? Oh yeah, it was uh, not to butt for sure. It wasn't it wasn't <laughs> the best flight I ever had. But um, the the day prior, my brother had flown back to Miami, and he got stuck on the tarmac for eight hours. And so oh, I oh lord, yeah, so thank thank the Lord that we were able to snake through a bunch of weather coming in, and uh, no issue. Then, had dinner with the family for I guess that was Memorial Day. Um, yep. And uh, so you flew down. Sure enough, spent one day with your family, and then spent you know one dinner with your family, and then spent the rest of the time with Larry and the Keys. Um. Yeah. When you put it like that, it sounds pretty <laughs> horrible. <laughs> I I respect the game, man. I respect. All right. It. So here's yeah. Well. Why so some, few people uh, catch permit and some mission don't. analysis hey. on the back end here that you're not seeing with uh, crunching numbers and uh, and, and all the stuff. 
I was like, well, you know, if I go down there, I could be like, I, I, I know, I know the deal when I go fish, it's like one, just how much I want to fish versus how much I want to photograph and two, like, like I'm the photo guy for sure. And I'm hundred percent cool with that. So I'm thinking like, yeah, I have no expectation of even really touching a rod unless like Larry needed a water break or something, maybe. Um, so for me, it was kind of like, okay, yes, let's Larry maybe try to like monster. Well, no. <laughs> Old <bow hog> Larry. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I'm going to own it. You know, I, I, abs- yeah. I absolutely do like the fucking dance floor. Um, he just I, wants good pictures of them. I think I've been on record plenty of times saying, man, I don't like fishing with, you know, another person, especially with, you know, a guide. Cause I don't like just sitting there and fucking, you know, watching somebody's dead ass miss shots, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but I also have been going through enough shit in the last 18 months to two years that I know I don't have the stamina to stay up there all right. day and grind it out. Right. So, Number one, absolutely 100% Andrew got the call because it's like, if I'm going to go do this, I want to look cool. And, right. you know, See, Andrew's going to make me take away from this podcast, kids. If you want access <laughs> to live a higher lifestyle than you're able to get a camera. That's, that's right. right. The number one way. The, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, if, if you have a camera and you can like, you know, do the sunbeams and shooting stars and make everybody look cool, no matter how fucking lame they are. Um, you get invited a lot of places. So anyway, um, knowing that Andrew, when he and I talked, he was like, you know, I was like, come down, you know, we're going to split time on the bow. And he was like, dude, I don't even care. I just want to, you know, I actually like to shoot, you know? And I was like, "Mm mm-hmm. Okay. But still, you know, you'll get, you'll get a shot up front. So, just confirming the story thus far, he's nailing it. So was, go ahead, Andrew. <laughs> Fact checkers, but I so got down there. Larry comes rolling up in his uh, nice shiny new tan uh, Jeep with the uh, raw vault to match, and uh, we haul ass down to where was our first stop? Was that Marathon? We stopped. No, no, no. We stopped in Alamorada and uh, went to the Lorelei. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we got lunch at the Lorelei. Yep. Had some conch fritters. You had a... Uh, nice burger. Oh, yeah. The old cheeseburger. Good, Good time. It was... Uh, the way I the way I looked at it was, number one, I was, you know, I hadn't had anything since piling in the Jeep up here in New Smyrna and heading south. So I was like, okay, it's like one thirty, coming up on 2 o'clock. You know, I got to feed the machine. And it was also, you know, you're rolling through Isla Mirada and you're like, I think we'd already talked to Tanner and he was like still like, you know, either on the water, getting off the water, you know, he, he wasn't like, you know, sitting there waiting on us. And I was like, you know, we need to just pull over, get something to eat and recalibrate and wind it back to island time. And what better place to do that spot. than the Lorelei? So we, we hit the Lorelei and uh, kind of got recalibrated. And then we hit the road. That's the tone. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and then uh, I believe we... Seven Mile Fly Shop, I think, was our next stop. Yep, Seven Mile. Uh, and then, uh, if memory serves me correct, 
you wanted to stop some was that where you wanted to stop that you were like hey if it's okay i want to stop maybe it was because you wanted to pick up some tippet and uh some flies yeah so i flew through there and like as far as as fly shops go i mean they're not the biggest and don't have the most but i think it's one of the prettiest fly shops i've ever been in um so they have a course like plenty of permit and boatfish fly selections and uh i heard like the strong arm flies like the go-to for permit down there not thinking like i just wanted to get one i didn't really think like i was just going to use it but so i picked up three strong arms and some tippet leader and stuff knowing where we ended up staying with tanner uh the key that he resided for the season um, I had done some bone fishing down there, attempting to check off my first bonefish uh, just across the street from there. So I, I was thinking maybe if we had some some good luck and a falling tide around sunset that night, I'd, I'd maybe try to walk out there and yeah, at least knock knock the rust off my cast at the very least. So I picked up some flies, and then uh, I think you got what a sticker. Yeah, yeah, I picked up a sticker. I was like, I, I probably got the big spender award for the yeah. month down there. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, the guy was like, uh, just just the sticker? Yeah, he was like, just the sticker, and I was thinking, and you're going to make me pay for it? <laughs> well, like, I felt properly robbed, uh, not like because their prices are so much bigger or whatever, but... Um, yeah, three like they they ring you tippet. up for three flies and a spool of tippet, and they're like, "Would you like to talk to the finance department?" That's right, dude. We can oh do seven God. equal installments on this bad boy, or we got a twenty year fix. I felt it in my kidneys, man. Like it was horrible. Like it was like I, I forgot. I think it was like sixty two dollars forty one cents at the end of it. <laughs> <Holy> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. like, how much? Like, you know, how much is a strong arm fly? That's um, probably yeah. They're probably like fifteen, eighteen, something like that. Twelve, okay. But uh, uh, I, I will echo the sentiment though. I do agree with you. It's a it's a top notch shop, and they're always super friendly when you go in there. Um, so uh, I've I've been in there a few times now, and every time I've gone in there, I've really been impressed with the level of welcome feeling offers of help they have great selection um it's got that it factor that fly shops need yeah yeah and i i i I will say that i was remiss there was something in there that i wanted that i i I should have swung back through on the way out of town Mm. but we (laughs) ended up going to breakfast or something and you know maybe we passed by too early i can't remember but I'll be back down there and, and buy more than just a sticker the next time I'm in. And I have bought more than just a sticker in, in trips past. But, uh, yeah, I saw the sticker and I was like, yeah, that'll look good on the old uh, rod rack or whatever. So uh, so I always feel an obligation. And I was teaching some guy who I, through various channels, work with. He was trying to get into fly fishing. And I was just like, to me, I don't know, I'm maybe – you know, one of one on the argument, but I feel like there's a fly shop etiquette. Like if I'm going to be in a fly shop and like, I'm talking back and forth with people and just like hanging out, like I feel kind of to at least pick something up, whether it be a sticker or a fly or whatever. You know, and, Um, and 
I'm the same way. Typically, yep. I'm going to buy something, you know, you know, at least like a hat. You know, I'm going to spend at least in the twenty to the twenty five dollar range. Yep, and covered up. And I did walk around and look at all the hats that they had, and they, I just could not find one that I wanted. Mm. And then I went and looked at the t-shirts, which already have a seven-mile t-shirt, and none of the t-shirts that were there really spoke to me in a way that I wanted to have a second seven-mile right. t-shirt. Right. So I was a little bit, I'm uh, not sure, but they did have some Howler stuff. And one of the Howler things they had was like on the clearance rack. And then I was going to come back through and grab that. Right. And then that's what it was. I fucked it up and didn't make it back by there. As Andrew mentioned, there's definitely an etiquette to fly shops. And especially if it's not your local place, like if you're traveling Mm -hmm. somewhere for fishing, like go in, spend 60 bucks as Andrew did. Yeah. Grab a couple flies, talk hang out, find some local intel. You know, that's there's there's a price for admission. That's and right. If you just walk in and, you know, talk to the guy behind the counter and say, hey, man, where are the fishing spots at? He's going to blow you off like you wouldn't believe. But you hang out, you be a decent guy, you spend some money. Yeah. It, you'd be surprised at how much more willing they are to have a conversation with but you about it. So do yourself a favor, even if you go in and buy a rod, don't be like, So where should I go fish this? Yeah, no, don't don't assume Don't ask for specifics. Let them tell you. Don't yep. assume. That's for sure. Well, don't go in there trying to get information, period. I right. think I think you just go in there, be a decent human being and just like, Oh, how's it been? Like get out in the water much, you know, like Exactly. Like, yeah, if you go in there with a mission, I mean, there's nothing wrong with going in with a mission, but I think you'll get more. <clears throat> make friends. Make yeah. friends everywhere you go. And, and, like, and there's, the all be all. there's a good likelihood they're, they're probably even going to start off with, are you fishing with somebody this week while you're down here? Right. No, I'm down here doing it on my own. Oh, really? Where are you thinking about fishing? And when you start telling them where you're thinking about if you've been that decent guy that's, you know, rung the cash register, you've been mm-hmm. cool. You've had chit chat conversation beyond just walking in and treating them like a encyclopedia. Right. When they hear where you say you're going, yep. they might say, Hey, if that doesn't work out, you might want to give such and such a try with a little wink and a nod. Yeah. And you kinda of look at them, they go, Oh, you're not you're not familiar with that? And you just go, No, not by that name or whatever and they'll go, Oh well let me show you and the next thing you know Right. You've gotten a little bit of courtesy. Yeah. And and even better than that, you know, spend a couple hundred bucks or whatever it is, do a half day or a full day trip if you can afford it. Obviously, don't go back there the next day. But, you know, there's there's a little bit of conversation that is bound to happen on that that trip that will give you enough intel to figure out where to go the next day or, you know, figure out what to look for for that instance. So. Anyway, in my last piece on that etiquette, before we move on, I think the, you know, making friends and mm-hmm. you know, just trying to be a, a, a good neighbor. Um, I think Tanner, more than anyone I've met in recent history, has done the best job of that. Oh, my just, God. Yes. Like, uh, homie is. Uh, well, I think you and I both. Of those in the marathon. Yeah, we, we were we were both teasing. um Tanner, I mean, and like almost immediately, it was just like he was like, "Oh, so and so at that place, or so and so over at this place." 
And then I've got this other guy that I talked to, and we were both like, "Dude, are you running for mayor?" <laughs> like he, like he's been there. So the month of April, May, and June. So he's down there for three months, right? And literally, I think he could win the election in August. Yeah. Like he knows everybody <laughs> down there. That's you got to be that, you know. There's, yeah. There's certain people that it comes naturally to, but especially, you know, in, in his case, if you're only going to be there for a short time, yeah. that's really how you get. Yep. A good. Especially connection. if you're going to be there next year. That's, that's right. right. Yep. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I think I think. Uh, you know, we we got down and uh, located Tanner in the campground, got uh, pulled in, unpacked some bags, threw them in the camper. Did you see any uh, upside-down pineapples? Or no, none of that stuff. <laughs> Flamingos. <laughs> no. Not at Tanner's camp. Not that we were looking for them. I'm sure we passed them, though. Yep. And, uh, I knew. I never met Tanner before. Oh, I, I didn't realize that you had never met Tanner before. Never. So okay. when I went and got the key from him, um, I'm like, you don't know me, but I've heard a lot about you, and I feel like I know you. And then I saw the coon eyes that he was rocking in the orange feet, and I was like, this is going to be a good two days. Yep. <laughs> so uh, we end up um, hanging out at the campsite, and it's, you know, the sun's starting to head towards the western horizon, and Andrew's like, I think I'm going to go over and try the Oceanside Flat over here. So we all hopped in the Jeep, drove over across, parked on the side of the road. And uh, Tanner and I kind of stood around, watched Andrew wade for a little bit. And then I think Tanner went out and joined him wading. Um, I just stayed feet dry. I was like, I'm not into getting out there right now. You had a long drive and yeah, well, yeah, I just, it was a busy day. Yeah, I just, I wasn't, I, I just wasn't down with Sometimes. primarily because – I only had one pair of uh, flip-flops. I didn't have any wading boots. And I was like, I'm not going out there and taking a chance of getting fucking nicked by whatever. Yeah. You know. That'll ruin the And being a fucking gimp for the trip. (laughs) But uh, when, uh, you know, and and I think it was, I think it was a solid move on Andrew's part to do what he did. um, Because like he said, you know, number one, he'd hoped maybe he would, he would bump into Mr. Bonefish. Um, it definitely water moving late in the day like that but bigger than anything it was you know knocking the rust off kind of right. getting ready for the the following day and uh we got back and man there was like this insane just insane fucking beautiful sunset that mm-hmm. happened and you know so we geeked out and we're taking pictures and you know just going jesus you know pinch me here we are in paradise right and then uh we all realized fuck what are we going to do for dinner (laughs) so uh we ended up going down to uh the square grouper and uh on the way down there um everybody had been to the grouper and but nobody had been i i had been and i was like well let's go upstairs and no andrew i don't even know if you knew that there was the upstairs portion did you I know Tanner um, did. Well, I've, I've only passed Square Grouper. I've never been to Square Grouper. Oh, okay. So uh, there's the Square Grouper, which is on the first floor, the more of the sit-down kind of formal restaurant. And then upstairs is my joint, um, which is um, more of like their sports bar uh, upstairs. 
So uh, that's where we chose to go upstairs and eat. And uh, while we were up there, um, we had just sat down. I think we had put in drink order. And I happened to look over. And I guess there's, you know, I, I'm, you know, me being the boomer, um, I guess there's now shuffleboard, like miniature shuffleboard in oh, some yeah. of the bars and stuff. Yep. Um, and I guess they had one of those tables and there were people playing. And I looked and I was like, that looks like Nikki Mill. And uh, I say to Tanner and Andrew, I was like, is that Nikki? And we're all like kind of gawking, like, you know, is that Nikki? I was like, I don't know, it looks like him, I'm not sure, you know. And we're like, ah, we're not positive, so we're just going to leave it at that. And uh, by that time, the waitress came back, and we are maybe giving our food order at that point. And I happened to, like, you know, head Bob look over, and there's fucking Andy. <laughs> so it's very obvious. I was Definitely. like, I was like okay. That's probably a safe bet. Yeah. So I, I like, fucking chirped at the... Uh, Nikki and uh, got his attention and he came over and we just said hello or whatever and uh, a couple minutes <laughs> later <laughs> Nikki drags his dad over to introduce him to us <laughs> so we got to say hi to Andy and Cheers. everybody exchanged pleasantries over the good job each of us do with our you know respective podcasts and stuff so did you get his autograph or? fuck no <laughs> he got Larry's <laughs> No, no, yeah, we we weren't have nothing weird. Right, blade. No, we weren't. Uh, there was no, you know, fangirl or anything. Yeah, there was no, and nobody was like, "Hey, you know, you're my hero," or any vice versa. Well, here's so it, it here's like, much like you've been there before. Yeah, it was just like, "Hey, uh, where are you fishing tomorrow?" And you know, Tanner <laughs> told him where we were fishing, and Andy was like, "Hmm, oh. yeah, okay." Hmm. He didn't volunteer where they were fishing. No, of course, but. Uh, yeah, it was it was neat to bump into the boys while we were down there. And if there's then, a if there's a podcast throwdown, I got money on us. I mean, we got numbers. That's right. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Back behind Square Gripper, whoever by no name. Yep. Yeah. Middle of the night. That's Ooh. right. Rumble. I mean, it, all you had to do is punch Andy in the fucking shoulder, <laughs> and he's down. <laughs> he's out. <laughs> he is an Olympic athlete, though, so he's got the cardio. Yeah, I've never punched oh, him before. <laughs> Andy, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. See, my my move is you get hero. some pocket sand, keep the pocket sand on you, throw it, and then run. Yeah, that's fun. What, Andy? Yeah. I, hear, I hear you're fast, but unfortunately, motherfucker, it's flat around here. You're only yeah, fast downhill. Here, that's right. Yeah, downhill skier. I'm just going to start running uphill. It's it's easy day. That's right. <laughs> So uh, we uh, went back to to the campsite, and uh, everybody retired for the evening. And then uh, the following day, after a nice breakfast at, uh, of course, a local joint that Tanner had, you know, curated for us. Okay, so uh, with the mayor there, we uh, had breakfast, and then we launched his. Knowing how you fish, what, uh-huh. what time did the boat hit the water? What do you say? Nine o'clock, nine ish, probably. Uh, I would, I would think a little bit earlier. A little bit uh, earlier, eight thirty. We said we're gonna wake up what six forty-five. Yeah, Which turned into seven thirty real quick. Yeah, so okay. I would say we were on the water by eight 
okay. fifteen eight thirty. That's gonna yeah, be that's, that's gonna be my question from like here on out on every fishing trip is what time people wake up because uh-huh. I'm convinced after my last one that waking up stupid early it's is stupid. futile. Yeah, it is going to be crabby later in the day. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, continue. Yeah. I don't mean to interrupt. No, that was a very very valid question. Strip. So I, I'll say before we get past the. And I think what later then contributed to my success that day, um, I have developed a horrible caffeine deficient uh, dependency, rather. And I, for anyone who knows me, am not a coffee guy. So I was thinking, not knowing like the order of battle and how the day would shake out on the way to the ramp, I'm going to learn how to drink black coffee uh, that morning. <laughs> I drink I drink like two and a half cups of coffee, and I'm like starting to tweak out. Um, so I get to the gas station. I'm like, Oh, thank God. Cause I wasn't sure I was going to be able to run up and grab whatever. Well, my like go to like heavy hitting, uh, caffeine is, is bang. Oh, uh, I knew you were going to say that. Get you that yeah. creatine in there too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, focus and concentration, uh, based energy drink. But so I run up and grab one of those and, uh, we'll fast forward, you know, like launch the boat, head out. And, you know, I probably cracked that thing probably like, you know, 1030 in the morning. So how so fast after of, your two cups of black coffee did you have to take a dump? I was going to say well, uh, bang on top well, of it. Very strategically. Uh, I'm not my first rodeo, Jameson. Thank you for asking. Yeah, just uh, check it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, handled. Uh, we're good. Oh, Solid. Fair. Yeah. The gas station bathroom, I can't you know, guarantee is <laughs> survivable. But. Out, out of commission, as they say. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so no, actually the boat ramp, that was, yeah. Um, which interesting experience in and of itself, like you squished on the uh, floor of the bathroom there, <laughs> about an inch of water would protrude from the floor. Um, so launch the boat, drink the coffee and yeah, before we're able to see any tarpon, I'm able to hear them from about a mile away, uh, after the amount of caffeine I had. Uh, <laughs> very heightened and alert uh, state yeah i've never had that flat vision in my life so sorry to interject like that but i felt like it was a valid point so well we uh we did uh find a, a spot there oceanside and uh we're uh seeing uh strings of fish coming you know from a pretty good distance we'd have some you know real happy high rolling fish coming down the line and we were having the light play a lot of peekaboo um i don't know if you guys recall that was the few days leading up to the uh tropical storm uh that came through and uh so we were kind of getting the beginnings of that um but we would have good light and then we would have shitty light but uh i had had a couple of shots um had at least one fish that i'm pretty sure ate a fly as soon as it landed but uh tanner had informed me that uh i would need to two-hand strip the fly because the fish wanted the fly moving fast Hmm. and i had not really done that um very much if at all in the past right so probably the first 
30, 40 minutes was me trying to get comfortable with making a cast, tucking a rod, two hand stripping it to Tanner's specification. And then, you know, it's during that, okay, flies, lands, I'm making the transition, I see the cocksucker eating it by the time I'm getting <laughs> up under and get the first couple of strips to get, you know, tight. Right. He's already gone, eaten, spit it out, and, you know. And then uh, I think I had one. um, Andrew, you're probably better at probably the order of all this. We had the one, like, right by the boat that, like, I'm stripping basically leader into the tip that, like, broke for the fly but then saw the boat and turned. Um, So, yeah, we, we had that cloud bank that kind of was right in front of or right in the direction of where all these fish are coming from yep and i remember very vividly a handful of strings you know you'd get the good shot on it very last second with the cloud bank and i didn't see him get over light bottom and then there's a handful of times that you'd pull one or two off a string and it's just like any time now you know one of these are going to eat and tanner is like very confident it's like this is going to be the one. Or, yeah. Um, he, he had a good way of managing morale that, and you know, it always felt like we were like right on the cusp of getting that, that good hook set one. Yeah. Tanner, and, Tanner yeah. definitely was able to keep morale high. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it was, you know, the almost success and he just like, he, he would keep building it. He's like, okay, it's coming together. It's coming together. You know, I mean, this next string, it's going to be the string. Right. And, um, we actually had a big string come past us and kind of turn up a channel, which was odd, hmm. but then they realized they had fucking taken the wrong exit as well. Right. And turned around and as they were turning around, there was a little bit of, uh, shall we say, confusion on their part. They were like, fuck, we're getting off the wrong exit. Uh-oh. And they're like doing and like almost like daisy chained for a second. But then they started coming back down the channel, like huh. to get back on the highway. Yeah. And Tanner was like, hold on, boys. And he starts pulling us over there. And that's when I got a really good angle great distance good light and i fed my fish and hooked up um but i think i probably should back up it was <laughs> at one point did did i take a break andrew and you were throwing at no okay so okay i was still so, hogging uh, the bow but uh but at some so point I'm, hold on sorry, uh, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I was the one that saw the permit first. Or did you see it first? Uh, I don't know. I felt like I saw it, but... I okay, mean, okay. I, I don't even remember so, the order of that. But I remember seeing the tanner, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure it's ter- permit, because I saw a headstand. I saw a There you go. Tower. That's right. You pointed it out. And, and I think Tanner, I, I misidentified some bonefish the night prior, so I'm not sure how much faith <laughs> anyone had in me. Um, but but then like, I backed you sure. up and I said, yeah. dude, there's definitely a permit over there. And then it, Tanner was in tarpon guide mode. Yeah. So even though. Doesn't matter. He's chasing tarpon. Even though Andrew bird dogged and I confirmed 
container kept just being like, no, 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 no. By the time we get over there, it's going to be gone. We're we're fucking tarpon fishing. We're like right here at the precipice of like feeding one. We're not going anywhere. Fucking forget about the permit. The homeboy is balancing on his nose for minutes. <laughs> minutes. I mean, I watched the thing for probably 30 minutes before. Mm-hmm. Then we saw a handful of rollers where the tarpon that, you know, Larry was referencing ended so, up. So we start pulling that way. Yeah. And, um, you know, of course, and then I'm in like trying to photograph them rolling boat and standing up on the center console behind Larry, uh, trying to get as many photos as I can and posturing through, you know, okay, God, you know, if he gets to eat, let me be in the right place to be able to get it, get it on camera. So, so, so I feed the fish, stick the fish. Um, took me about 25, maybe 30 minutes to land the, the tarpon. And uh, I must I must say thank you to Tanner and um, Andrew both. Uh, they did a phenomenal job of providing drinking water and like you know a little bit of water on the shoulders. You know the only deficiency was you know I could have I could have used like a little shoulder rub, Ooh. but nobody stepped up for the shoulder <laughs> rub. But they they did douse me with a little bit of water to keep my you know temperature within so specs. It's, it's like a four star experience. Oh yeah, yeah, right. yeah, absolutely. Right. Four stars, not five. But, it, was, it was the Disney guiding experience. Definitely Disney would, Resort. definitely, <laughs> definitely would return. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, once we were uh, finished up and uh, that fish was on his way to catch up with uh, the insane clown posse that made the wrong turn. Um, we were pulling back over. And when I say we, it's, you know, Tanner was, we, we never got on the back end of the boat. Um, we saw tails again of uh permit. And we're so, still tarpon fishing at this point where, you know, reset, you know, I'm, I'm up on the bow now as Larry's taking a breather and, you know, I'm, I'm practicing, you know, just throwing a few out there, practicing the long cast to the transition under the arm to do the two hand strip, mm-hmm. which I'd never done before. So I think I maybe had, had two strings that I had decent shots at and, uh, kind of got a fish to look halfway at it. And then last second decided he didn't want it, but we're still seeing these permit and, you know, every time I see the tail come up, I'm I'm just gonna throw it out there. I'm just gonna let people know. But one, never did I think we would go over there. Two, never did I think like we we'd go over there, and then by the time we got there, that's the last time we ever saw them. Was you know, 150 yards away. Yeah, that was that was the expectation. Right. So at some point, the it snapped for Tanner and Tanner was a go All right, for screw it. Shut yeah. These guys up. So, like, you know. so I think it was like 15 minutes. This is the window he gave. It was like if there's, if that, cause I'm thinking it's a singular permit, a big ass singular permit. It's like for 15 minutes, if we see him, we'll start heading over that way. So Larry is, uh, doing the bro move of rigging the, what was the seven weight? Yeah. Yeah. Rigging it up with the strong arm. Yep. And, so, uh, and, and, and it, the, the, the great part of this is like Andrew is still up front. Tanner's really not ready to completely surrender the tarpon game, but he's willing to start pulling that direction. So 
Andrew's still holding on to the tin weight. And I'm told, go ahead and get the other rod out. And the fly box is back here. Um, grab Which the fly good. box that's that uh, says bonefish on it, because that's really the permit box. <laughs> and, you don't want to let them know. Yeah, get a strong arm out of there. And so now I'm still like, you know, 10 minutes post-coital with, You're still uh, a little winded. With, <laughs> with, with, with my tarpon. So I'm like a little winded. Uh, knees and hands are still shaking. Now my hands are shaking because I've been given the, you've got to change the fly out and we're oh, yeah. moving. We are headed towards the target. And Andrew's like being told, watch the tail just let us know where it is my head's down i'm like cutting the fly off that's on there i'm making a decision based on how clear the deep water. i'm thinking the water is on which weight of the three flies that um we had financed the day before <laughs> to know which one was you know the right weight and uh, I'm like, okay, well, everybody, everybody happy with this one? And everybody's like, yeah, 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 yeah. So then I'm, I'm doing shaky hand knot tying while trying to side eye look over and see that tail that Andrew's still pointing out and fucking giving distance to, and Tanner's fucking pulling down on it. We get it done. I pass that rod up. The fucking ten weight comes back. I'm like putting it away, and. Take it away, Andrew. Is this is your fish? Yeah, man. I uh, again to preface, you know, with the fact that we're still seeing a permit that has now turned to multiple permit tails and permit mooning. Um, it was a fucking yeah. veritable permit shit show. Like, but wow, you you would, you would see a tail and you'd be like, okay, one thirty, and it would be like, it's up, it's no, no, it's down. Oh shit. 1230 there's two you know and it was just fucking mayhem it, it's, it's videos that i've seen like Kyle valenza put on instagram of you know permit it, it's like it, at this point i already feel like we have the ultimate lower keys fishing experience and you know just seeing them for me made the trip seeing larry catch a fish made the trip but never in my mind and what contributed to me not getting really that anxious about the whole thing it's like, we're going to go over there. I'm going to make a cast. They're going to blow out. It's like, oh, cool. I got the permit. Like, that, that, that's exactly how I thought it would roll out in my mind. So we're getting closer. I'm like, oh, cool. We're closer. It's just going to be even closer before we blow them out. So I make one shot to the first three fish I see. You know, they're all kind of like stag right from the from the lead fish. And they're all like kind of doing the permit thing. Get a shot in there. I think it's probably short. Strip in long, slow as I'm pulling up. I'm sorry, as Tanner's pulling up, you know, I, I reach back. I'm like, all right, so what's the permit strategy? Because we had talked tra- uh, tarpon strategy the whole day. Like, I, I really don't know. I've never cast under permit. So, you know, Larry's like, you know, what long and slow, what you said, you know, how crab drop, you know, if you're like short ticks, it brings the, the crab higher up. And, you know, crabs don't really do that. So, uh, you know, put it on its forehead. So, you know, I, I got the real abbreviated. Uh, crash course on how to do this so uh launch one in there do set stripping motion uh i don't think the permit ever really saw it um and then i drop another two three casts in there before i blow that little small group out 
and we're like, okay, we'll let them settle down. We'll stick here for a second, and because we're starting to see even more uh, tails and fins, just you know, you know, Tanner would say, all right, we got a tail at nine o'clock, and it's like, oh, you mean that one at eleven o'clock? Oh no, there's one at one o'clock and two o'clock and three o'clock. I mean, it was like, I, I mean, I was kind of in fear for my life at one point with the amount <laughs> of permit that were starting to come up on us. So as we blew that initial group out. Um, they all kind of reconvened and like gathered up, it seemed, behind this was the Eagle Ray that was coming onto the yep, flat. Yep. And like straight out of a a Paul Puckett painting, this Eagle Ray comes up the flat right towards us and kind of veers off to the right to the shallow water and, and behind it in tow are God knows how many permit. And um I'm starting to be able to see their bodies in the water, you know, much less, you know. I'm not just seeing the fins. I'm actually seeing the fish. I'm fishing the fish. And um, they kind of are swimming from uh, about 2 o'clock to, to 10 o'clock and made maybe two casts, three casts, and then on my fourth cast, stripping along nice and slow and still have no uh, – I'm just going to cast it. You know, no chance I actually stick one. And uh, I feel some tension on the fly on that fourth cast. And I'm like, oh, great. I got hooked on some coral. And then I felt that move. I'm like, oh, nope, nope. Just hold it tight. Like, just keep, keep pulling. Keep pulling. And uh, I forgot what we talked about on the hook set, how we're supposed to do it. But, you know, I felt like I couldn't have, you know, give them a good strip, strip strike like I would like a redfish or a tarpon or something. So, you know, I set the hook nice and easy. Um, but forcefully enough to get it in there. And then all of a sudden we're off to the races. And, uh, I think by this point, like no one has said a thing except for nice and easy. was like the only thing that Larry said, I think, and yeah. just let it go. And so I get tight and I don't even think this permit understands what had happened. He's hooked and he's still swimming at the school and, you know, they go off to the deep water eventually. And, and I think at that point, you know, as I start tugging on him, he, he realizes I mean, he starts ripping drag and, um, I don't know. I don't know how long I fought him, but you know, we fought him through some a little bit shallower water and keep the rod high and get over the coral heads and stuff. And you know, I'm I'm not even like really talking this much. I'm just like kind of like <laughs> All right, this thing's gonna come off. Like yeah, still it, until Tanner grabbed the fork of the tail, um, I didn't think this this shit would work. Yeah, there's a lot of people holding their breath. Yeah. So and and so. Tanner gets the fish and I don't like to fish barefoot. Really? I like, I don't like having flip flops on, uh, cause it gets caught under the fly line on the deck. So I like being barefoot, but I don't like being like salty, sandy, dry feet. So I'll occasionally wear socks when I fish, um, and long pants and long shirt, sun shirt. So Tanner grabs the fish and he's like, Oh, you want to get a picture with it? And you've got one picture of it on the boat. And he's like, Oh, hop in the water. He hops in the water. And I'm like, Okay, so I, I, I roll over the side of the gunnel into the water, and I didn't think to take my socks off, and uh, so I'm like <laughs> standing in uh, like torso deep water. Um, got a few badass photos thanks to Larry, and I really. Well, you know, I always feel like when I'm in, when I'm on the boat that people are counting on me for you know like really kick ass photos. So you know, I'm just happy to be able to do that for you. I yeah, just, I'm like the I'm like the dickhead that's supposed to be doing it, but now I'm like you know catching a permit. So 
every time I see that photo, I'm just going to think of you wearing socks, <laughs> oh, stepping okay. on that coral and digging them socks in. I mean, it, it, the 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 <laughs> true the true mental image to get it right so that you know exactly how he looked just prior to catching this is young Andrew on Christmas morning. Oh, like, I can imagine, like you know, sock feet yeah. with like you know some very comfortable <laughs> bottoms. And, and, and like, it was almost like he was wearing pajamas with sock feet. Right. And, uh, and, and this, him holding the permit was just after he had unboxed the best fucking present under the tree. So I, I imagine it as, you know, very similar to that where the first present was seeing the permit and it's one of the ones he wanted, but it's not the one that he wanted. <laughs> and, yeah, well, and the fight is like everything else that he got the socks the underwear all the all the shit that he didn't want but he was like okay yeah i'm kind of excited for it and then finally the very last present is when he gets in the water and has the permit and it's the red rider bb gun with the compass in the stock yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well um just just to go back andrew just to refresh your recollection a little bit so Originally, I believe Tanner had told you long, slow strips. And okay. that's what you had done a couple, three times. And, and you weren't getting anything uh, until we did have some fish blow out. And then I believe I asked you to, you know, like put the fly right beside the boat before you cast. And we counted how long it took to get to the bottom. Yep. And that's when I said, okay, next time you cast, don't start stripping immediately. Give it that count, count to get it to the bottom and then forget the long slow because when you're doing the long slow, that's going to make that fly come up off the bottom. Real small strips, that way it's staying closer to the bottom and it's like a crab moves, but it freezes because there's fish around it. And that's kind of how we ended up kind of piecing it all together over the course of those five or six casts that ultimately put you in the driver's seat. So it was it was really cool because it was the, you know, sight fishing, the whole sight fishing game is definitely a collective effort from the front and the back of the boat. And then in this case, it was the front, the middle, and the back of the boat, and we we were just very, very much we were just fucking problem solving, man. Like all all of us were just like, okay, what the fuck now? What the fuck now? Jesus Christ! Too, because like I don't think any of us have these fish are all over us, Mav. Get down here! (laughs) Yeah, it's like you know Tanner's pulling, Larry's tying. You know, I'm I'm trying to make a cast, and it's all like, okay, have any of y'all done this before? Like, what do we what's what do we do with our hands? You, you want to uh, know? You want to know what my fucking nightmare I was living the entire time. <laughs> the entire time you were casting to those fish. The entire time that you were hooked up to that fish until Tanner grabbed that fucking little forktail bastard and, and and we knew we had it. You know what? I was fucking living a nightmare in my mind. <laughs> I was scared to fucking death that my knot was going to fail. I knew that's yeah. what you were going to say. Oh, yeah. I was like, you God, don't damn, it, be God damn it. Oh, oh this, is, this could be bad. This could be bad. <laughs> this could be bad. But like, uh, please let it like, just break off at the blood knot, not the, not, not the fly knot. Yeah, or, 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 you know, very, very obviously abraded on 
coral or something. But man, as please do not come up with a little no fucking early tail. No fucking pube at the end of the fucking line, please. Oh, man. So, uh, wow. in my so to give background, I have tried like oh, I think I should probably, um, but, you know, I, I've done bone fishing in Bimini at Biscayne Bay, Alvarado, with various frames. They've been so gracious to let me tag along. And I've cast to what I feel like is a respectable amount of bonefish. Um, although I haven't done it in three years, you know, my takeaway was like, if, if I came away with the bonefish on this trip, like I'd be absolutely head over heels over the moon. And so as I'm like grabbing this permit, I'm like, well, how back ass work is this for me? Like I catch a permit before my bonefish. Um, it was just like, it, it didn't feel real. I didn't, uh, the whole time, I'm like, that didn't happen. You know, I'm just like an out-of-body experience or something. Like, it doesn't like register with me until the next day what, you know, I feel like I did. I mean, you know, there's plenty of people that do crazier things all the time. But for me, that was, it felt like a pretty, 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 I was, a moment I'm never going to ever forget. Yeah, period. man, it, it, to be part of it was fucking unreal. Um, I'm, I'm super thankful to have been part of it. And, uh, but, it, it was just, it's, it's one of those lifelong memories that you get to make on the water. So, oh yeah. but wait, there's more. So, <laughs> so, and this was all on day one. For yeah. The, this is for day those one. of you listening. This, this, yeah. is, this is halfway. Literally okay. So, so we haven't even talked about lunchtime yet. Sorry, not to blow yeah. past your huge accomplishment. Andrew, I've never caught a yeah. fish or a permit or <laughs> well, anything Well, to like me, that. even more amazing than the, the, the permit to me and Larry Sarpin was the server we had at, at the lunch spot. Oh, hold on, hold on. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you're telling me there's a server that's more amazing. Oh yeah. Hold on. Permit. So as you've already asked, you know, like what time did we get out there? You know, we, we had the gentleman hour start Yeah. and, uh, now we've already got the, the tarpon and the permit in the skiff and, Andrew, because you know his sock feet were wet and uh, such, he did you. He was like, "Go ahead," you know. He relinquished the bow, and Tanner immediately had us back on the tarpon program. So I was back up on the dance floor, and at some point, I just like kind of hit a wall, Um, and. I was like, I was higher UV index higher. Yeah, all that, all that. And uh, so I started whining a little bit about, hey, what did we, did, did, how did I do it? It was kind of passive aggressive. I was like, did we, uh, did we think about lunch, gentlemen? Did we do anything? Like, did we bring sandwiches or anything? Is there, is there some chips or something at yeah. Snickers Bar, maybe? Yeah, is there, are, where's the snacks? And uh, Tanner's like, uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, oh, here comes here. And I was like, "Fuck those tarpon, man! I'm getting hungry. Let's <laughs> let's go get something to eat." And but but uh, but but but, 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 but yeah. And so eventually, I just shut it down. I was like, "Dude, I'm just going to be honest with you. I can't keep going. I got to get like a fucking burger or something." You did it much more eloquently than I would have. And and Tanner <laughs> grudgingly was like. He he saw the mutiny coming. Uh-huh. He, he, he he knew I was you know you I was not out there I, I was not going to stop. I was not going to stop. You want to talk about hangry? And uh, so we we were only like a five minute run 
to a marina. Oh. And I was like, and so we had almost like the little conversation. And I, I even think like maybe even somebody got like their Google maps out and was like, no, no, it says that the marina is still open. You know, there's a restaurant there. <laughs> so off we went and, uh, we had lunch at, uh, Hawks key. And, uh, we went in, we're seated. Um, I don't even remember what we got. Doesn't matter. I feel like cavemen going in there because, like, my socks are still wet. They're in the boat drying. Like, okay, so that was that was one of the questions that I had for you, Andrew. Did you slide those tube socks off after you got back? Oh no, the boat? he had footy suit. He had footy socks on. He didn't have tube socks. Oh, I they thought were you were talking socks. about mid calf. Like, oh no, footy, no, these, footy these are Reebok below the ankle socks, black. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah, yeah just, and now they're drying on the deck of Tanner's boat while we. uh go inside to this beautiful establishment yeah it's like um, very high-end like you know yacht clubby kind of yeah. uh vibe and um it's berries and khakis it's very obvious that uh we're stinky fucking fishermen because they put us like in the corner table as far from the doorway as possible <laughs> and uh, dude comes and takes our order and we're like hanging out and I don't remember who saw it first, but uh, we're like, what the fuck is that? (laughs) And like, literally, that was like, you know, like loud. What the fuck is that? And it's a goddamn robot that's coming with food. Like a slightly taller R2-D2. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's like, it's got like three plates of burgers and fries. And yeah. And it comes like it drives itself like all the way across from the kitchen comes and pulls up next to our fucking table. And just as it gets there, our server reappears from somewhere. Yeah. It popped up out of a hole in the floor or something and like takes it off the fucking little delivery robot and puts it on, puts the food on the table. Can I get anything else for you guys? And we're like, um, an what the fuck is that? Yeah, like no, but what the <laughs> fuck? Like this is, and I felt like I had a pat its head, you know, as it rolled away. Yeah, was there like a cantina music in the background? It, Did you feel like you were on Tatooine, or it, it? It was, you know, I think our actually our, our conversation turned very quickly to, um, I guess they didn't want to hire that uh, expo runner for fifteen bucks an hour. Uh, well. <laughs> Well, no. so that was uh, that's where I was going with it. But then when you said the server came back and took it, it off of the cart to give it to you, it just defeats the whole. Well, no, because I mean, typically they have expo runners that are like bringing Sometimes. the food out, you know. So three uh, plates, though, a server can't bring three plates. But that server was also already busy over at the other uh, table next to us, taking well, like an order, that's and it, you know, so yeah. our food came out efficiently while they were still taking care of yet another table. Our food, they just walked right over, took it, put it on her, and then they walked away, and the little robot meandered its way back over there. And um, Modern problems. Modern yeah, solutions. Yeah, first world problems. So, uh, I if given the option, I would have written him uh, a much higher tip than our waiter who's slightly uh, passive-aggressive and yeah. not exactly helpful. Uh so R two feed you, I think, uh, is well worth the money in that particular case. Of course, he was mad. He could see the writing on the wall. He's going to be replaced by a robot in a year and a half. <laughs> did you did you just call him R two feed you? That's what I thought I heard. <laughs> That's awesome. 
So uh, I'd have given you a thousand dollars to slap a Taylor Trash sticker on the ass side of that. <laughs> oh, oh we, man. Okay, I live close enough down there. Uh, my family's close enough. I'm, I will do this. Connections. Yes. Right. So uh, funny. The uh, at my, the. What do we got going on? I don't know, we but got some feedback. No, I can see me on the board. Yeah, no, I think everything's working. I, I just kind of felt like I'd, I I heard an echo. Yeah. Andrew, are you still with us? Yes, sir. Okay. All right, cool. So um, the uh, after lunch, um, the clouds had kind of moved in, and we were feeling like, uh, you know, maybe the tarpon game for us had kind of shut down. So uh, we're uh, working real hard at uh, making a decision. What are we going to do for the rest of the day? And I'm not getting any audio through my headset. Me either. So, yeah, I know it's just this plug right here. Um, there we almost. Hold on, Andrew. We're trying to get. There we go. Um, kind of. So, uh, Tanner was like, um, you guys okay with like a 40 minute boat ride and we'll go see if we can find some bonefish. And we're like, hell yeah. Cause it was like, now it's the hottest time of the day anyway. Yeah. So let's run the air conditioner for a little bit. That's right. So, uh, we ran North and, uh, ended up pulling up on a flat. And this was going to be a bonefish destination. So um, I had previously been on the dance floor, and I was still uh, fat and sassy from lunch. So I was like, Andrew, <laughs> this is this is you, buddy. Go ahead and hop up there. And uh, I knew it was going to be magic because literally when we came off plane, the very first thing we saw was a tailing permit. Jeez. Yeah, so, a big boy too. Did and nobody had mentioned the the S word at this point, did they? Oh yeah, we had. We we That's had bad juju. Well, we had said that you know it was definitely going to be like a boat slam. Well, yeah, that okay. So it was like arguably yeah, the permit, the, the tarpon. Like I mean, maybe, I knew maybe. I probably wouldn't be the contributing bonefish guy, but. I mean, I, I was sure Larry was able to. Okay. So in my head, you know, I was like, you know, it's, it's on the horizon the potentially. But Bananas and the S word. I, I oh, really? Any of us no, really I, don't, said it. I don't really care. It was just curious. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I think we were all, uh, I think we were all being pretty, uh, pretty optimist you know it it was like okay i think we can do this well i mean after the first two that's where the mind naturally goes right i I don't blame you for that you know so um the um the the permit and it it was it was a big big boy like you know probably 25 30 yeah 25 30 pound class and uh andrew made a fucking great cast and that son of a bitch went straight to the fly Put an eyeball on it and was like, bullshit, this fly's financed. I'm not eating it. And fucking <laughs> off he went. So we, we, had switched, we had switched to a B-chain Quan at this point. 
Oh uh, shit! You're giving away secrets, Andrew. God, that's right. We had we, we had we were anticipating bonefish, so we had already sw- mm. so if we had left the strong arm on, you would have had oh, two yeah. perm. God damn it! No so. chance, no fucking chance. But but Tanner and the uh, boat of morale management had said, "Oh man, like if that was a strong arm, we would have got him." You know, right. <laughs> So I was like, you know, feeling good, confident about myself. And then, you know, as we pull onto the flat, you know, Tanner and Larry are both like, there's one, there's one, there's one. I'm like, there, one what? You're like, you know, bonefish there, bonefish one o'clock, bonefish 11 o'clock. You know, we had saw, I think we had initially pulled up on a pile or a school of bonefish just on the other side of four or five lemon sharks. And like they were pretty big sharks, I felt like, for being up on the flat. And they're all like kind of clustered together. And they're all kind of doing the sharky thing, like moving around the flat. These bonefish are kind of like hanging loose behind them. And I didn't see these bonefish initially, but Larry and Tanner were like very, seemed like they're like very uh, able to see them in the water. And I felt like fucking Ray Charles up on the, <laughs> on the, on the bow. And so I'm trying to drop cast where they're telling me. Andrew, to. can you adjust your mic a little bit? Yeah, hold on. There you go. You're getting a little bit better. You were kind of getting a little quiet. Sorry. How about now? Yeah, much better. Yeah, so I'm Ray Charles in it and uh, fly fishing off a of radar off of what Tanner and Larry are saying. And uh, yeah, Tanner and I are basically operating like uh, combat air controllers, like trying to give them distance. Okay, no, no, no. Keep going. Keep going. Move it a little right. Move it a little right. This azimuth. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, I mean, I, I don't know how long we fished for um, and how many casts that landed short by this time the wind had picked up. You know, I'm, I'm throwing bead chain on a seven weight. And uh, per my casting abilities, I didn't feel like I was getting it in probably the place I needed to. And we eventually came to one spot where all the bonefish just kind of just kind of stayed in a general area where we were able to kind of like take a tactical pause and as I was like just two or three, four feet outside of the range I needed to be, um, we decided to switch up flies, put put some lead eyes on it. And uh, I guess two or three casts after that, I was able to launch one where I needed it. And uh, sure as shit, came tight on a bonefish. And, um, you know, I'm still like maintaining the permit mindset of keep it high. And Larry's like, no, nah, no, nah, you don't need that. Like, you know, be reaching for the stars, the rod or anything. So, uh, fought it, you know, first time attached to a bonefish ever. So I'm already a man. Get to the boat and, uh, we're all very like deliberate talking through, okay, like how long are we going to keep this thing out of the water? And, you know, all right, everyone ready? Three, two, one, pull it out of the water, take a picture. All right, put it back in the water. And Larry showed the, all, uh, I'm going to let you speak to it. The, uh, bonefish calming, Oh yeah, the old, the old, the old Snout forehead rub. rub. Yeah, yeah. Got to make them forget. Yeah. yeah. Just, just, so. just helps them, you know, get get their zen back before you send them on down, the, down the flat. And he swam away nice and healthy, and I mean, those fucking things are invisible, man. Like from from what I saw, is it, it got fifteen feet away from the boat and disappeared off radar for sure. So, uh, so I don't know how far you got, how, how you guys are able to see. Well, I talked to you about that. You know, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, you, you get you, 
over time you train your eyes you know the more you see them the more you're able to recognize them further out and stuff like that it's you know just an acquired um skill or ability or whatever and you know it comes with time so uh you know uh, that that's your first step towards you know you will be seeing them further out the next time and the next time and the next time but uh i jumped up uh there were still a few bonefish around i was able to stick one in the face um quick quick little photo and uh we sent him on its way and then uh i think we all kind of looked at each other it was uh getting on in the afternoon and we had uh certainly accomplished a whole lot more than uh what we'd set out to do which was to uh tarpon fish and get a tarpon on the ocean side and we all looked at each other and tanner said you think you guys would be okay if we headed back to the ramp now (laughs) and we were like yeah i think we'd be okay that'd be just fine so uh we had almost probably an hour run back to the ramp at that point right and uh i think uh everybody just kind of spent the next hour with uh shit-eating grins sure across their face yeah pick the occasional bug out of their teeth as we're going back and uh yeah it was a hell of a day one yeah it was it was exactly it was the rest of the trip was just yeah the rest of the trip's just like whatever right well after after larry's oceanside tarpon uh the first half of day one is is all icing on the cake for me just seeing that made the trip much less everything else so it was it was a good you know ride to the back back to the ramp and I think we got pizza for dinner that night because by the time we got back everything was pretty shut down and closed and stuff and yep. uh, so I think we night. had a another like fantastic uh, sunset when we got back mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know then Tanner ran over across seven mile and picked up the pizza brought it back um, and then. Uh, we were all pretty ready for bed pretty early. Um, so uh, on the water knocks it out of you. Yeah, it does. So uh, day two, um, we woke up and it was uh, markedly different weather. Mm. Um, you could tell that you could tell that storm was getting closer. Um, it was you know breezy, breezy. The sky was a bit angry. The clouds were moving fast. And uh, we went and had breakfast, most important <laughs> meal of the day. That's right. And uh, went to the ramp, put in, went out, and uh, we rode the struggle bus yeah. um, for a good bit. And uh, I don't think I even jumped up. I think uh, I... I gave the bow to you to start the day. I could be lying. Maybe I started, but I didn't stay up there too long. I know we we switched out at some point. Uh, if I did, but uh, yeah, we got. Uh, I, I think I started. Had pretty rough light. We had a little bit of window of light. By that time, we had switched off uh, to you um, at the first spot where you had caught the tarpon the day prior, um, and you had a few decent shots on fish. Um, a few strings and I have a few photos what I think are cool um, of you casting at strings of fish and then there's 
a very ominous wall of just straight black. You know, by this time, some of the higher level cloud layer had broken up. But I mean, coming from the south, it's just a wall of storms. Hmm. And uh, it was like you saw the you saw the clock ticking. Yeah, we actually um, the first couple of storms that were coming, we could tell like it was like, oh no. No, uh, you know, whole, you know, the old Pressure wet finger, drop. the wet finger. No, I think that one's going to go to the to the to the west of us. Mm-hmm. Yep, it did. And so we're grinding, we're grinding, and then we see the one that's going to get us, and here it comes. We're like, okay, boys, reel it up, reel it up, let's go, let's go. It's lunchtime, yeah. and uh, <laughs> we fucking Perfect. we run our ass as fast as we can back to the marina. Um, where we'd eaten the day before and get inside just in time for the sky to open up. And got uh, a free skiff clean, huh? Yeah, yeah. Got a little salt knocked off the old skiff. That's right. And uh, once once we uh, had our day two experience with the robots, um, (laughs) the the storm kind of blew through, and it actually kind of the wind backed off a little bit. But uh, it was then definitely like overcast as shit, you know. And very chocolate milk, very much chocolate milk. Stirred yeah, up yeah, everything was stirred up. But we did go back out and post up and uh, try to find, you know, the line if if we could. And uh, got two decent strings that I got shots on. One of them I just fucked up, and the other one, uh, the fly, got fucked up on the way out there, got fouled up. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, it felt like, again, like to, to, to Tanner's ability to manage morale, it always felt like, like any second we're going to get that one shot and we're going to be able to get a good shot on it and we're just going to find that one fish that's going to eat. And it always felt like that to me. I can't, you know, speak to Larry, but it, it always felt like just that one opportunity, if everyone's on their game, we'll make it happen. And, uh, yeah, essentially that's what played out, and it's just you know unfortunate circumstance. So that that one really good shot we had, a string of fish that we saw uh, high rolling, just didn't work out. But, yeah, that's uh, how it goes. I still felt like we're always in the game, even in the worst weather conditions you could ask for. I mean, we're at this point still taking um, surf over the bow, uh, just because sea state was mm-hmm. you know pretty high after that storm. Yeah, so, you know gray skies and everything. And, it was pretty hard fishing conditions. We still, still had a good, good shot. Yeah. yeah, so at some point, we kind of went ahead and said, you know, let's call it. It's just, you know, right. every, everything's stacking up against us. And uh, we ran back. And, I mean, we still had pretty much a full day on the water. And um, we were fishing right around the new moon. So... Uh, one of the last things that we did was Tan- at Tanner's um, behest was let's drive down and take a peek um, to see if maybe there's a worm hatch. And we drove across the bridge, did a U-turn, and kind of slow rolled the bridge on the way back. And it was pretty obvious yeah, it was starting to happen. Oh, really? So then it was kind of like, uh, almost like uh, fire alarm. 
like getting back, hooking the skiff up, meeting at the, you know, relaunching, you know, and uh, it was a real short run to that bridge. Right. And uh, I've never, I've never seen a worm hatch before. Um, And I have to tell you, it was a thing to behold. It it was amazing. Andrew, I don't know if you've ever been around one before. Um, That was my first time. And I, I was just, it was insane. It, I, again, things that I dreamt of, you know, I lived in Homestead for a long time and, you know, I had friends that would go down there and do that and I always hear about it and all the things they said about the worm hatch, like were exactly on point. Um, it was epic. You know, you would see these packs of fish doing like this, like weird kind of high roll, but they kind of stay up high and some of them were coming up and slurping worms and, you know, Tanner and Larry uh, dipped their hands down in the water, grab a worm, and both of them uh, ate a worm. I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm not gonna. Be, I'm not your guy. Uh, yeah, we couldn't get Andrew to join us. Andrew, that's that's why you didn't catch one. That's good luck, man. Well, I didn't even fish, so oh. I was I was perfectly fine. But maybe I don't know. I don't know. Not not for me. Not that day. But. Oh. And I will tell you that fishing a worm hatch, at least, I mean, the, and according to Tanner, but, you know, Tanner's the eternal optimist. Um, right. This was the highest volume of, like, worm hatch that he'd ever seen. And really? so, like, you Slated know. I, against you. So I'm making, I'm making all, I'm making what I felt were legit casts when the fish would come cruising close enough to us for a shot. I'm, you know, I'm on the dinner plate and I ended up once I had a fish blow up on the fly and I literally saw it, but it just, you know, did not, you know, didn't connect. And then I did hook up, um, but the, we, we were on anchor at that point and we were real close to the bridge and the fish immediately went under the boat after, you know, the first and jump. jump and it was like there was no way we were going to disconnect and get on them and get on them without yeah. crashing into the bridge so i just broke it off but i mean the ride i thought was about to explode by the point yeah i mean it was it wasn't a great situation to be fighting a fish no it wasn't and and we had storms rolling in on us um yeah you know it was I mean, it was nautical it was nautical I mean, we had one storm that I thought was going to absolutely, absolutely obliterate us, and it just last minute did the whole storm thing and, and burned out and went south of us. But uh, I thought for sure we're going to be absolutely drenched, hiding underneath the bridge or something. But I mean, we got all the sea state from it. We got the wind of the sea state, so I mean, we're taking water off the back of the boat the whole time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're you know, Larry, you know. Is, Larry's left-handed too, so we're like, yeah, you know, dodging all the left-handed casts through the cockpit. Me and Tanner are like hiding behind <laughs> each other, below, like behind the console. And I'm putting my sunglasses on, and it's pretty dark because, like, yeah, you know, the last thing I want is a one-hot like going through the eyeballs. But not to say like the casts were bad, but you know, like a lot of those shots are hard because they're through the cockpit. And it was blowing <laughs> a gale, so it was right. like you know, way less control. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like trying to photograph fish and stuff, and it's like. It's okay, I mean, Andrew. It, you don't trust Larry Casson. It's fine. 
Exactly. I, well, he, you nailed Tanner in the ass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all I hear is whoosh, 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 whack. Ooh. Like, oh my God, Tanner, are you okay? And he rips it out. He's like, yeah, keep casting. It's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, Tanner's, well, was, Tanner's a sport, man. He's like, gangster. yeah, he's like, fucking keep going, man. Talk about a dude that's just not moved. Like, he, he's, he's stone cold, man. Yeah. But it was it was a Nat Geo moment for me. It was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Fishing, period, hands down. The, that's um, a good descriptor. Definitely a Nat Geo kind of moment. Um, like, it felt like the kind of stuff they fly to Antarctica to film once a year because it only happens in a day window. I guess it's just the Keys version of that. Yeah. One That's of those awesome. times where nature just lets you realize how fragile and unique things are. Right. And, you know, I mean, there came a point where I think we all realized that, you know, there was just so much food in the water yeah. that, you know, we were pissing up a rope. <laughs> but we stayed out there until we were, we finally were like riding home in the dark. Like, right. you know, for as much as you knew you needed to leave, you couldn't. Right. Um, until you were forced to yeah. by the conditions. And uh, we got back, got everything loaded up, and that's when we realized, shit, you know, this section of the Keys, starting around 9 o'clock, people start rolling up sidewalks and, you know, where are we going to eat? So uh, I think we were like one or two restaurants into, we could go here. Nope, they're fucking closed. What about here? Nope, fucking closed. And then I remembered, you know, down on Big Pine, we could go to the No Name. And so we called, and they were like, yeah, we're still barely open, but, you know, if you guys get here soon enough, you know, we should be good. And uh, we ran down there and literally walked in, and they were like, if you guys want pizza, you're in good shape. And we're like, fucking that'll work. And we just... uh, Got personal pizzas at the at the no name and couple you know a couple rounds of drinks and uh, to the staff's credit, even though we walked in right at closing time, they were super welcoming. Mm-hmm. They were happy that we were there. They could t- they knew what you know they they could tell yeah. what we'd been doing. So mm-hmm. you know it was uh, it was awesome. And then uh, as we left. Um, there was a little doe in the parking lot, little key deer oh, that yeah. uh, we got to see, which was cool. Sweet. And uh, that was it, man. Uh, the next morning, we all got up and went and had one last breakfast together. And uh, we headed back uh, out of the Keys. I dropped Andrew off in uh, the middle of a storm uh, there in homestead and i drove through rain until i got to just north of melbourne and it finally cleared up around that point and uh got home and probably crawled right in bed and <laughs> went to bed wouldn't blame you for that but yeah it was uh for for a two-day trip to the keys it was uh full rip fucking amazing fucking time it sounds just like it like it was the stuff you dream of or you watch in the fly fishing film tour yeah exactly yeah the stars aligned and it was just the ultimate i mean we got to see the big three uh in hand you know we got the worm hatch we did the lore lie we did the seven mile fly shop we did 
insane sunsets and stuff. Like we got the whole experience. You checked um, the keys box. Yeah, sure. it was it was the total package. Yeah. And uh, just I, again, Tanner, man, I, I really appreciate the invite, and Larry. Uh, really appreciate you uh, extending the invite to me. Uh, that, that was a hell of a time, and uh, not one that will be forgotten. Yeah, amen to that. It was uh, time well spent, no doubt about it. So, uh, I guess uh, until we uh, meet again, my friend, uh, we're going to take a break down here. Thanks for uh, joining us and uh, helping retell the story of uh, our Keys experience. And uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, man. Appreciate you guys having me. It's good to talk to you guys again. I appreciate all birthday wishes uh, wishes yesterday. That was a pretty great way to bring 26 into the end of the day. But I'll talk to you guys later and have a good podcast. All right, man. Thanks, Andrew. Love you, brother. Later. See you, dude. Love you. See you. All right. Well, uh, it is about uh, – that's, you know, my wife says that uh, fly fishing is uh, the ultimate story lengthener. Oh, yeah. And – there you go. Two days of fly fishing with uh, three fish, and we're at an hour and 28 in. So uh, <laughs> she knows what she's talking about. We'll be back. You're listening to uh, Tail Trash Fly Fishing, episode 80, and we're going to break. Ben has uh, got coffee brewing because uh, apparently Andrew and I's storytelling abilities are uh, akin to uh, it'll, it'll lullabies. To yeah, apparently uh, mm. kind of boring. No, just busy day today. I got gotcha. you. So uh, you know, as is normal here in the Taylor Park, um, we don't always do things in a linear fashion so uh we should probably go back in time um andrew and i had or my apologies um jameson and i had the uh opportunity to uh share a little bit of uh boat ramp observations um over the uh holiday weekend just prior to me leaving to go down to f- do the trip with andrew right and uh at the, the perfect time to do it memorial day weekend absolutely only, probably the, the only other one would be fourth of july which is coming or labor day yes those are the big the, three. that's the big three the boating weekends yeah yeah and uh i i was that's the i don't know if I that's was more, the tarpon permit bonefish Oh yeah, uh, of of boat ramp weekends. Weekends. If you're going to post up on a boat ramp and drink some beers, <sighs> those are the three. Um, and I don't know if I was more impressed by 
the efficiency of the boats that we were there watching uh-huh. or the amount of people there watching as well. Yes. Because it, there was a literal crowd. Like, it was the big leagues. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And now, you know, the, I, I almost wonder, you know, when that boat ramp was designed, um, if uh, the engineer that uh, put that design together is maybe a boat ramp watcher from way back because uh, it is actually very well designed for the observer. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we we actually got to see uh, the credit card captain That's uh, right. doing his filming while we were there. Um, but uh, no, it's uh, it, it is definitely a social gathering that that occurs without fail most every summer um weekend but definitely you get like the real good crowds on those big three and uh it's something shannon and i really enjoy going and doing um i think will davids and um tyler Tyler had already left when you got there. Yeah, they were not there when I got there. Yeah. So uh I was stuck doing boat work. That's shit. right. But uh you know, it's always fun because uh usually when you show up down there, you, there's a handful of people that you either know or you know, you may see people come and go that you know right. and uh you know, you got to feel sorry for on some level sometimes um some of the people that get thrust into so um the situation of you know helping their husband launch or recover the boat and little okay. did they know when they left the house that they were being taken to a boat ramp that right literally you're in the big leagues at that point i mean on the only weekend? thing the only thing missing that could make that more stressful for the people loading and unloading if they're not, you know, super efficient and confident is they could have like stadium seating there. Right. Yeah. Grandstands. Yeah. Like grandstands because as it is, it's a railing and it's like basically being ringside at an MMA event. Oh, it is. And And the, the, the worst part is too, is like, there is no, you have to walk behind the people to get to your truck. Right. And then when you back it down, there is no... You're right against the wall. Yeah, there's yeah. no, like, pretending they're not there. No. Right. You are under observation the entire time. I mean, it, it has become such a blood sport um, <laughs> yeah. of, of the level to which the fire department, if they're not on a call... Oh, they'll come. They'll come and park. Yeah. And, like, a, the entire shift is standing there waiting on their next call, but in between watching the boat fi- the boat ramp. Well, uh, they're they're there to make sure that everybody's launching and re- receiving Oh, no, they're, 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 they're laughing just like everybody else. You know, as, as a servant of the... Of public the community, <laughs> they're, they're there to ensure public safety, and there's no... Did, but the rest of us there are laughing our asses off at you guys. Did you see like the subject matter like just getting completely pissed at the spectators and losing their shit? Um, or was it kind of just like a not when I was there. head down like whatever this is what it is. There's a lot of head down whatever. 
Um, some people. There is the occasional, like you know, like somebody will flip a bird at everybody that's watching. Yeah. Um, you know, most of the drama ends up being between boat ramp users. Sure. That you know, and and somehow the crowd avoids a lot of the shit. Yeah. And so it, I've had a thought about this. There are three types of each side, right? So there's your your novice, out of towner, inexperienced boater. Uh huh. There's your you know average boater that you know heard it was a holiday weekend and wanted to go out. And then there's your show off that knows what the fuck they're doing. Right. And same thing for the watchers. There's the people that own boats that are locals and said, "There's no no chance you're going to catch me at this boat ramp." There's the people that. You know, maybe know what they're doing, but really don't, and they're just kind of there to scope it out. And then there's people that have no idea what they're doing, but they heard that this was like the place to be, and or they don't have a boat and they wanted to. Right. So it's it's an interesting conglomeration of people. Yeah, it's uh, quite the mix. So I mean, and it, it. I'll tell you, for the time that I was there, nothing major happened. No, everybody was pretty consistent, and there was some pretty decent sized boats that were handled really well. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, which is unfortunate, but also, also really, good. really great because, you know, I don't want to see anybody's day ruined. Right. The, um, the ratchet, the level up kind of things that, that go down would be if there was a storm blowing in. Oh, yeah. And you get like a super high volume and everybody's stressed about getting it out of the water. Yeah. That can kind of get it a little crazy. Um, what we never saw is um, typically there will be somebody with, you know, a boat that's experiencing some kind of trouble. Trouble. That's right. That gets towed in and rather than tie off to the side just floats out they they park blocking one of the ramps right and it's like most everybody's like well they're having a bad enough day anyway but then there's going to be somebody that's like they don't give a shit you're blocking the fucking lane yeah. in the ramp you're fucking that's not it. how you're yeah. doing it you know you're fucking it up and that's usually where the friction starts right and um, or there's the person that's too drunk and i was really surprised we didn't see anybody that was close to that line when right. we were there yeah yeah it was it was it was a pretty tame right tame day at the boat ramp when we did it um, for as as pretty of a day as it was right you know, I was pretty. I, the storm thing was automatically out. The engine trouble, I was a little surprised we didn't see. And then the drunk people was the one that I was like really because it also has. I got a, there late. It also there. has a little bit to do as well with the tide. Yeah, believe it or not. Yeah. Um. You know, if it's a day where. Disappearing Island. Disappearing yeah. Island is, you know, exposed for like the majority of the afternoon and the incoming is late, late in the day. It gives everybody a long time on Disappearing Island and that's where the really, really drunk happens. Right. And then, you know, they're only leaving DI because it's late in the day and the water has flooded it. 
but right. they've it's been a long fucking tide cycle at the right part of the day that they've right. been there just pounding fucking drinks. Yep. <clears throat> versus, you know, maybe they didn't get a full rip on the sandbar, you right. know, because uh, for what whatever the timing is of the tide. Um, but uh, it's fun nonetheless. It's right. it's usually a good jovial crowd, and part of that mix that you're talking about that I always find interesting is the folks that are pulling their boats out, yep. if they kind of get any kind of wrong happening. Right. Um, a lot of times beyond the laughter and, you know, the backhanded comments, the, you know, the a little deeper. <clears throat> yeah. Ultimately, a lot of times the crowd will actually try to give beneficial. Right. Um, help to the person there's at least one person in the crowd that'll say hey man yeah this is what you need to do this yeah. is what's this is what's causing your your angst here right and it's funny because nine out of ten people listen and go oh shit yeah thank you right but then there's one that'll be like fuck oh, that got it. you don't know Screw what you, you man. yeah and that's usually when it really gets good yeah so i and i think part of the reason that i didn't get a lot of it was when i was there Everybody was pulling out. There right. was, I think, one boat launched in the couple hours that I was there. I was there late in the day. Yeah. That mid-afternoon where there's people that had planned for this and got out at sunrise or 7, 8, 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh-huh. Combined with the folks that took their, their time and went and got breakfast and then had to get the wife and kids up and were launching at 11, 30, 12, 1 uh-huh. o'clock. You know, that combination also adds a little bit of... Yeah, because you got both-way traffic. Right. Whereas in this one, it was everybody was lined up with their trailers. They were just waiting for their tr- their turn in the slot, back it in, load the boat up, pull out, you know, type thing. So. Now, I think, I think there was a think there little was bit of drama action. about, like, uh, somebody was upset because somebody had hit somebody's trailer or something. It came close. Is that what it was? There was one that came really close. Yeah, because they, they were getting frustrated because the person was taking so long, and they were um, a little cockeyed. They were yeah. they were on the wall. Oh no, side. I know which one you're talking about. But there was one where somebody had bumped into a boat, and then they it, everything took place kind of over towards like uh, the tie down area. I got you. Um, and you know somebody's rub rail had gotten pretty fucking slammed really but uh i don't know it could have been the day before you were there we we did both days i it it blends together but uh it's um well here's the thing right is you take your chances you go on a day that's not as busy and you practice yes you're gonna if you're if you have a, a larger boat and you need the wife or you know the fishing buddy you take them and you teach them how to do it right like it's the time for learning is not no on the holiday weekend. No. No. And unfortunately for a lot of people that's when they do it. But even still you can practice that in an empty parking lot. Yeah, for sure. You know, the back of the Walmart still works mm-hmm. for getting the trailer positioned correctly and knowing how to drive it. You can have the boat on there and everything. And actually that's a really good point that I'd never thought about, um, that you weren't trying to make. 
loading ramps are downward like a boat ramp. They're about the same width. Like if you find a, maybe not a Walmart, but a store with a loading ramp that's like a mom and pop that they're not using, you can take your boat and practice pulling in and out of there. Yeah. So moral of the story is don't go on those three holiday weekends. Yeah. Or if you are going. Have thick skin. <laughs> and, and be the guy that knows what you're doing. Right. You know, understand there's going to be a crowd observing every bit of it. And, you know. A vocal crowd. Yeah. And, and just practice. Yeah. Just like fly casting. So, well. Um, Nonetheless, we'll still be out there to heckle and watch. and That's right. Cheer you on. That's right. Celebrate your your successes. Mm. Um, I had the opportunity to uh, follow up my trip with Andrew and Tanner with uh, joining my friend Rick um, on a guided trip uh, in the Everglades for Tarpon. Um, Basically. Backcountry or? Yeah, backcountry. Did you go past Coot? No, we were fishing out of Everglades City. Oh, uh, okay. So, uh, sorry. Yeah, we just, just checking, no. making sure I can really hot spot the hell out of Coot Bay. Yeah, no, we were uh, we were out of Everglades City, and uh, that was I basically got back, took a week off, and then went down. You know, so it was like every other week kind of deal. Um, Traveling fishermen over there. Uh, getting, getting some good invites, you know. Okay. So, uh, it's good to have good friends. Yeah. And uh, got down there because um, we were fishing with a guide. Um, it was more of the uh, get on the water early program. Mm-hmm. Um, Lunch provided? No, lunch was not provided. So we stopped and like you know got sandwiches got and stuff. Yeah, yeah. We had we we brought some stuff. Um, there's actually a a good place uh, in Everglades City where you can uh, stop and order either ham or turkey sandwich, and they do like a box lunch for you to take on your nice. trip. Um, awesome. And these ladies make a hell of sandwich. Really, and. They're very skilled in understanding what the you know what the assignment is. So you get your bread, meat, and cheese already prepared, you know, on the bun, and it goes in a ziploc. Get your sides, and then your lettuce, tomato, pickle stuff is in a separate ziploc. And then, like, your cookie and your chips. Like, everything is compartmentalized. And then it goes into one giant Ziploc bag so that, you know, it goes in the cooler. Everything stays nice and cool, but, like, nothing pollutes the other and, like, yeah, gets, like... Nothing gets soggy. Nothing gets soggy. Um, so it's better than the public sub-safe that they sell? I'm certain of it. Because <laughs> um, the public sub-safe, you're, you're putting the sandwich all together, and it's yes. just going to sit there and get all mushy all day. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, uh, Rick and I got down there day one, um, made it out, met up with our guide, uh, John Stark. Um, Rick has been, uh, fishing with John 
um, probably about five or six years now, um, enjoying, uh, you know, fishing with John. So, uh, Rick had called me up and was like, Hey, I'm going to come down, you know, fish with John for a few days. You want to come down and join me for a couple of it? That'd be awesome. So, um, get on the boat with him and immediately I could tell. I was going to like really enjoy this guy. He much like Tanner, but different, um, super um, older. Um, he's been guiding about 20 years down there and, uh, around that end of the Everglades. And he's, um, just got the best attitude, super laid back, and probably the one thing I loved about him the most is he's the type of guy that doesn't micromanage. Strip, 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 strip. You know, and I'm, I'm even more okay with, like, once the fly is in the water, if you want to give me, like, strip, strip, you know, pause, strip, strip, you know, maybe you can see my fly better or whatever. I don't like the guy that wants to micromanage when you're casting. Right. Um, and he was really good about that. You know, it's like, okay, you see the fish rolling? Yep. Whenever you want it. Right. You know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, we kind of talked about how he likes to feed the fish. This is what, you know, he thinks works. And, you know, then it's just like, okay, there's fish there. You know, go go ahead. It's yours. Um, so, uh Day one, um, Rick fished first, I think. I can't remember. Um, Spent some time on the front, and I want to say he fed a fish and ended up coming unbuttoned, but I can't really remember exactly. Uh, Selfishly, um, this story's going to be all about me, Uh, (laughs) because it's what I remember the most. Right, right. Um, you know, I, I finally get my opportunity and Rick had actually been fishing, um, a couple of days prior with John as well and, uh, fishing with his, his father. Um, and he and his dad had both caught nice fish the day before. So I think actually Rick probably put me on the front immediately cause he's like, Oh, I caught a fish yesterday. You know, you, you, you jump up there right. and, uh, yeah, that's actually what it was, because when we got to the spot, Rick's like, dude, I caught a fish yesterday afternoon. You you go first. So um, we literally get to the spot, and this was completely different than what I'd just done the you know, week prior, because ocean fish, you know, it's clear water. This was more tannic water, rolling fish, and I thought it was going to be kind of like how we fish for tarpon here in Mosquito Lagoon, and I was kind of bummed because uh, my expectation of tarpon fishing here in the lagoon is pretty low it's like a low yeah hookup ratio kind of game lots of casts lots of casts They're not really cast sight fishing right or casting but, to a spot but down there you are more so sight casting than blind casting because right. even though you're casting the rolling fish it's not quite as deep where they are so 
you can actually kind of get a sense which direction they're moving, still kind of get clues where they are. Right. Um, so when I finally got what I'll call like my first really good legit shot, I made the cast, strip, strip, strip. I knew my fly was probably out of the zone. I could still see that the fish was still moving forward. I was able to pick up, recast, didn't eat, still knew the fish was still there, made my third cast, kind of did a little adjusting, a little bit of, uh, you know, ran an equation in my mind of what I needed to do and kind of switched up just enough and sure shit fucking went tight. Fucking fish goes absolutely berserk. And then, you know, like off he goes. Um, similar size fish, um, to what I caught in the keys, probably a little less long, but a lot wider in the body. Mm -hmm. Um, I think my, Reel was a little bit light on the drag to start with. Um, so the fish really got took you for a ride deep into some backing the first first run. Uh, but once we got that adjusted, got him in. But he he was not about giving up. This fish was like, you know, fuck you, yeah, uh, pretty pissed. And uh, we, uh, you know, get him boat side, we got some pictures or whatever. And then uh, Rick spent a little while, you know, casting. And, uh, kind of, it, it just kind of, we got into the tide to a point where, you know, it slowed down in that spot. And, uh, so we moved looking for, you know, similar kind of situation set up or whatever, mm-hmm. found a few more fish, Rick, you know, made some casts. I made some casts. It just wasn't happening. We weren't seeing quite as many fish. Um, so John was like, Hey, I got this creek that I know of. They're not big fish, but I guarantee you they'll be there. Um, you guys want to go play with like you know some juveniles because right now the tide is just wrong for what we're wanting to do. Otherwise, we're like shit. Yeah, let's go. Right. So we actually went, and uh, it was one of those you're cruising along, and then you know it doesn't even look like you should be able to go there, but all of a sudden there's like just enough of a little hole that you punch mm-hmm. through. And there's like through this Creek, you know, that's like all covered, you know, like you're in, like in a tunnel and it breaks out into this little area Pool. and uh, well, not even a pool. It was just like, it, it, it was, it was like almost like a, it was almost like a slice of uh, the middle lagoon. It was really weird. Um, um, and it was like super shallow little creek that kind of like ran through like this weird meadow of 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 sorts. Right. And uh, sure shit, man, we were throwing gurglers. Oh. Yeah. And it was just fucking game on. Right. And, and you know all the all the tarpon that we were catching were like seven to twelve pounds. You know. Hey. And it was just it was fun as hell. Um. Rick had a nice snook uh, in that spot. Um, we didn't land it. Um, pretty much everything that we hooked ended up ultimately coming off either boat side or near boat side or like got into the bushes and yeah. you know self released or whatever. It was just, but it was it was action packed. Right. You know, if 
you'd see them roll, throw it over there, they'd be all over it. Yep. Um, just fun size fish. Um, tide kind of cycled itself back around, so we went looking for you know those rolling fish again, and just never really did find them. Um, ended up you know wrapping up the day or whatever um, by about three o'clock, and uh, we were staying up in Naples, so uh, you know we went back to town and got a bite to eat and sat down on the couch and watched a little bit of uh the uh regional um tournament coverage for uh college baseball yep and uh fell asleep on the couch basically watching baseball and got up the next morning and rinsed to repeat and it was the full moon mm-hmm. and we got out and it was like somebody had flipped the light switch. Shut off completely. There was nothing around. Yeah. Just nothing. Mm. And, uh, you know, we, of course, you know, hypothesized that, you know, oh, they all left and went offshore to spawn. Yeah, who knows what, what happened. Right. But, right. you know, and we did end up finally seeing one or two um, in the backcountry. And then we made a decision that we would maybe look out front. So we like made a pretty long run and went out like, you know, basically on the Gulf, uh, found some sandy spots to, uh, sit on. And we had one or two fish like fucking sneak us and fucking show up like right beside the fucking boat. You know, it's the only time we saw them was like, you know, 10 feet away as they so effectively do sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, you know, I got to, I got another nice tarpon and, you know, got, you know, to the boat, which was, uh, well worth the trip down and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, good times with Rick catching up with him, mm-hmm. um, enjoyed the shit out of, uh, fishing with John, just, uh, you know, kind of guy that, uh, you know, five minutes into the trip, you're telling stories like you've been friends forever, right. um, any kind of adversity is met with positivity. Um, any kind of instruction uh, was super chill, super, you know, just uh, you could tell he'd been doing it a long time and he was really good at it. Right. So uh, kind of knew all the all the buttons to push. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, like I told him, man, it was great fishing with him because, uh, you know, we certainly from time to time our sponsors will get in contact with us about, you know, who do I fish with? Yeah. I'm headed yeah. down here and man, I'm glad to be able to That's right. have fished with you to be able to give them firsthand, you know, Hey, this is a guy you'll enjoy. Right. So, uh, um, you know, it's a pretty short report on a two day trip, but, uh, yeah, fish caught good times, Heck yeah. good food. Um, again, you know, got back and, uh, Passed out for a pretty much passed out. You know, we we uh, we had two full days, um, but uh, I'm uh, you know working my way through some trips right now. Just uh, you know, which kinda, is awesome. Kind of got the green light, you know, from the wife that uh, yeah, you know, why I'm, I need to get while the getting's good, right? And uh, you know, next up on the horizon is uh a a quick 
Alaska trip. Heck so yeah. uh, I, I'm looking looking forward to the trip and uh, hope that uh, I'll have some good stories when I come back from that. We'll see. I'm sure you will. Yeah. So uh, why don't we play a little uh, strip set, trout set? Love it. What do you guys think? I'm in. I'm down. Let's go ruffle some feathers. <sighs> All right. Well, uh, one, <laughs> one of the uh, one of uh, the more recent holidays that neither of you fellows uh, are qualified to celebrate. Thank God. Um, at this point in your life, um, that is I'm aware of Father's Day. that you're aware that that I've been served paperwork for. Right. Um, I'm legally obligated to partake in. The, um, there's, uh, there was a social media posting by, uh, very, very self-important. Um, oof. 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 We're going, we're going there. Very, very self. Before we go any further, self-important enough that they tagged themselves. As one of the, like, things. Oh, wow. So, it was uh, Father's Day gift guide recommendations. Yeah. And everything in the photo were things... It was video. Because... Oh, see, I never, like, okay. Yeah, Yeah, it was... So, it was a full video. So, yeah. So, I'm the one that found this Uh one out. Um because well, you can't fit the boat and the truck in the video. Okay. Um, but essentially, this unnamed Instafluencer, banking on the name, uh, trading on the family name. That's right. Um, you know, put out there, basically. Uh, hey, if you're still shopping for Father's Day, get get uh, get that father in your life one of these things and. <laughs> It had anything from a truck and a boat all the way down to a nipper or something. Or a pocket knife. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Plenty of pocket knives. Um, and All Gerber, probably. Oh, yeah. Nothing in that video was made through either hard work or... No, I should take that back. None of it was paid for at full MSRP retail price. Right. If and, at all. And, and, and well, and, I'm assuming most of it was given. And yeah. mind you, my take of it when you shared it, I looked at it, and to back up for a second, I don't have a problem with, hey, if, if you can fool somebody into sure. giving you free shit, Good on you, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's the American way. That's right. You know, if you can develop a business relationship that you're getting compensated to hawk somebody's wares, good for you. However, I feel like, especially on Instagram or social media in general, that if what you're putting out there is a result of a paid relationship right then you should disclose that this is a paid relationship i think that's an instagram's bylaws that you have to say this is an ad right or have a a tag that says it's you know yeah yeah um and that wasn't on that 
at all. Uh, it was just like, hey, look at all this cool stuff that I've curated for you guys. Brand new cool stuff. Yeah, but it, it wasn't. It's not brand new cool stuff. It's hey, look at this stuff I'm helping sell. Right. And right. that was what was missing. And for that reason, I'm going to say trout set. Yeah. Because to me. I've seen plenty of stuff and I've even shared stuff myself where I'm like, you know, this is just like the Blackstone. Yeah. I cook on the Blackstone all the time and probably there's probably a ton of people out there that are like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ, Larry and the fucking Blackstone <laughs> again. But you know what? I actually, I'm not trying to sell Blackstones because I don't get, I don't have a relationship with those people. Right. I'm genuinely sharing it saying, holy fuck. I have a good time cooking on this thing. And like you probably would too. And there's been three or four of my wife's good friends. Her, their husbands have ended up getting Blackstones because of like Shannon's girlfriend seeing me cooking all the time. It's like Shannon cooks probably dinner half the amount of time that she would, let's say a year ago today, because I've got this Blackstone now and I just enjoy cooking on it so much. It's benefited her, you know, from the standpoint she's not in the kitchen cooking, you know, I'm outside doing it, whatever. Yeah. And and like to me that's more of a a genuine Well and the recommendation versus, right. you know Well and the point you hit on there was it's genuine. Right. Right. I advertising is something that everybody gets done to them constantly. Right. Yeah. And you know, it's it's the way that the post and the the things were set up was very advertised, but also you know banking on a holiday like saying, "Hey, you know, for all the fathers out there, right, get some of these things." But it's not genuine because it, it <clears throat> the they're great products. I'm sure all of them are awesome, mm-hmm. but like it's not like that person found them out on his or her own. Right. It just and, happened to be the, the right. Their agent. Yeah. Got them that deal. Right. Like, and, and well, it's like Maddie Brenneman. Uh, we haven't talked about her in forever. That's right. That was what I took exception with Maddie was she just wasn't believable when it came to the products sure. because it was just a random collection of products that her agent had gotten for her. And, I've always said about Maddie, I don't take anything away from the girl making a living. Yeah. Uh, good on her. But I also don't take her recommendation to mean anything other than, oh, Maddie's got a new sponsor. Right. And right. and just like this person, you know, yeah. great for them. I'm happy that they were right. able to leverage whatever uh, these companies felt, you know, was valuable enough to provide them with the products that they have. You know, I'm not going to hate the player. I'm going to hate the game. Right. And it just, for a post like that, it seemed pretty disingenuine for, you know, the picture that that particular person paints uh-huh. on the social media and on, you know, every, I'm just, everything I'm else just a normal guy. Like right. You know. Yeah, and I'm a family man. I'm just like you that. guys. Sure. And it, it was, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, it's unfortunate for sure as somebody that you know kind of liked the guy beforehand but after this and there's been other things but it just 
it, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth because you feel like, you know. Did did any of you guys see uh, Frank Smethers? Um, he he's the guy from uh, Running Down the Man, um, from back in the day. He uh, felt Soul Media. He's been around the fly fishing game for you know forever, and uh, Frank's a cool dude. Uh, I love his body of work, but uh, he just got sponsored by Ford, and he was given a Bronco. Sure. And he did a whole social media campaign over the last couple, three weeks. Help me name my new Bronco. Sure. And it was like very clear. Hashtag ad, hashtag partnership, whatever. Like he didn't hide from it. He's like, yeah, I got this fucking, you know, I got picked. I got this fucking Ford Bronco. Right. I love it so far. Um, I always like to name the vehicles that I have. I don't know what I should name this one. Help me name it. You know, right, and, sure. and it's like, okay, well, that's believable, you know? Okay. And you know, Hey, good on you, man. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm astounded that, that anybody in the fly fishing space gets picked for this stuff. It gets picked for a goddamn truck or a vehicle, you know, like I get, you know, like nippers, fly rods, yeah. fly reels, all that. Right. But like, holy shit, you got a fucking Bronco? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and pretty balling. The nice thing about that one, too, is that that's Ford. That's, yeah. This particular one that we're talking about was a dealership that just well, so happened to know. It wasn't like he. Oh, like local dealership? Brand. Oh, yeah. It was so-and-so's. Chevy Ford Dodge dealership. Oh, know, Jesus. Like, Rockport Ram. Uh, <laughs> the, I think it was GNC. You know what it felt like? You know when there's a certain, we'll call him a keys guide, that about the end of the year you start singing, like, hashtag why I fish from Columbia because it feels like they're like, oh, shit, I didn't meet the quota. I got to throw out some posts. And it's like, boom, 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 back to back. It felt like someone woke up maybe the day before Father's Day and was like, fuck, I haven't had any of these fuckers in a while. Let's just do them all. Right. And then it was like, boom, do you love your dad? $80,000 truck, $100,000 skiff. $6,000 worth of coolers. Yeah. $5,000 worth of knives. Like, it was... Like... And it, it... it wasn't the price tags on everything. But to an extent it was. It was a little bit like, what world do you live in that you think we also live in? Where like, Oh, yeah, that was it. It was the, the comment, too, where it was like, it, it insinuated that if you don't provide any of these things, that you don't care about your dad. Sure, of course, because that's, oh, wow. that's the marketing strategy. It's the same... Um, I'm not going to dive down that road. Never mind. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's just like not only was it disingenuous because it's like clearly this is an ad. It was also like, homie, like this is a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're telling everybody to go out and spend their hard-earned money during a time where you can barely fill up your gas tank. Right. Let's live in the real world here and, for a moment. And, right. And you're pushing people towards all of these luxury products that are n- are so far from being necessities. They're, you well, know, and it, it, they're, and, and 
It made it seem like it should be and, all about the gifts. And all right. of all of the stuff that you're showing us is stuff. I mean, it. You either it, got given you got or yeah, you were given. Rate. Like oh. it's, I don't feel genuine to. That yeah, it's an actual recommendation. Right. There you go. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it, it's kind of. That's why it's a trout set for me. Boom, it's a trout set, trout all set day. all day. Um, it's summertime, and uh, the kids are out of school. Better watch out. So uh, probably one of uh, one of the biggest things that uh, all the parents out there. God damn, I'm back on this parent thing where you guys are like, yeah, uh huh, uh huh. Uh-huh, sure, tell us about it. I'm listening. I don't get it, but okay. Boomer. It's what do you do with your kids? <laughs> what do you do with your kids all summer, right? Um. Well, apparently, apparently, if you're cool enough and you're rich enough. If you're a guide, yes, and you've hashtagged the right things long enough, um, have that clout. You've got the ability to send your kids to tropical destinations in the name of conservation with uh, fish for change. As sure as the summer solstice solstice comes, and here comes fish for change summer camp. You know, I would, I would. From from the Got social media posts that I've seen for for Fish for mm-hmm. Change summer camp this summer partic- yeah. in particular, I haven't seen much change. I haven't seen much change in who gets to go. Like, well, very, I haven't, I haven't seen much change window. in work either. I've seen a lot of fish. I haven't even seen that. To be perfectly honest, oh, I saw a whole curated slide oh, of shit. fifteen fishing photos and two photos with random kids in the town. Right. Well, and, and like, you know, how about we change who gets to go? You know, like, oh. isn't this supposed to be an opportunity to to show more people, you know, the awesome sport of fly fishing? This is about diversity. How about diversity of who gets to go? Yeah. Change, diversity. Or is this just, uh, you know. Well, we can't have these, you know, random 15-year-olds that... Don't know how to fly fish going on a $7,000 trip to fish with a guy but for three days. to be fair, you can and they have. <laughs> it's no. got to be the right, for the right price, your kid can go. And what is the price? The right price. The right price. Well, um, that's, that's for the ticket. You got to have the right accoutrement, too. Mm-hmm. There's fresh, a pedigree that goes fresh. with it. I'm talking um, 2022 spring catalog skims or orvis or you know insert high quality fly fishing product name that potentially is sponsored here Uh uh-huh and i have to give credit where credit is due okay it is a trout set but there's a little bit of a strip set in it and the strip set is somebody has figured out if we just go have an absolute bitch in time and go put a mangrove in the dirt or paint a school, we can get somebody to fund this whole little endeavor. Yeah, yeah. And kudos for, what is this, the third or fourth year in a row? At least third. That you've just kept kept plugging away at that, and it has just kept working and working and working, and you network with previous work relationships to get the curated list of kids that need change kids that need change 
um, and need to be the change they wish to see in the fly fishing world. Here's the thing, Ben, is we know all too well a majority of, you know, big time uh, do good change organizations out there aren't aren't exactly doing that at times. Right. You but know, this is a perfect example and it'll continue to roll and continue to correct. Roll. If you make people feel good enough about themselves for doing something sure. or thinking they're doing something, sure. you can go a very long way in this. We'll call it this industry. If we're going to network it to a little bit closer to fly fishing, if you right. can make people feel good about themselves while accomplishing absolutely nothing, you're going to Ghana or Guahana or whatever the heck it's called. No, they want to go to Ghana. There's no fishing in Ghana. They need to go to like a poor people place like the Bahamas or something where they can do actual change. Right. Exactly. Or Belize trout to, set. you know, full trout set. So, um, there's been a lot said about, uh, the budget here in Florida. Yes. Having passed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> once it's all said and done and, uh, DeSantis signed it. It was time for everybody to step up and start taking credit for things. Correct. That's right. Including DeSantis. Yep. Um, sure. And uh, of note, um, there was an infographic That's that where was a lot of our taxpayer dollars go to. That was uh, all of them pretty much on the mm-hmm. state level. Yeah. Um, so the infographic that the governor um, chose to put out to. Uh, let everybody know that he has his uh, environmental bona fides um, is the Freedom First budget. And it noted uh, how much money um, has been allocated and spent on Everglades restoration. Um it also talks about how much money is going to be spent for manatee right. feeding, which I found interesting because very uh, ironic. It went from you know this is an emergency deal that we're just like taking a look at to suddenly hundreds of millions of dollars that's going to be spent next year um, feeding these fucking it, things. Even more so, the um, the infographic that I saw, um, I felt like, and I didn't really delve into it too far because at the end of the day, it was a political message. Yeah, um, it, it was being spun by the governor's office to to give him the appearance that he was looking for. I want to think and say that a lot of like the total numbers weren't just numbers from this single budget. It's like cumulative right over the four year term that he served. Um, so it made the numbers look super, super big, but, uh, you know, based on the amount of spending on the non native species, West Indian manatee, I am a hundred percent, going to trout set on the governor i love right um i think that uh he does a a a good job by and large i could have never ever 
uh, thought of a place I would rather be during the last two years of COVID yeah. than with uh, right. Ronnie you, running things. You had um, millions of other people moving in by the minute. Right, yeah. Um, but at the same time, come on, bro, really? If we're going to trout so, set on yeah. the whole. So to, to correct, uh, it's a record, it's only 30 million. Okay, thirty million. So not hundreds of millions, but thirty million. That's right. a lot of lettuce. Yes, that is some lettuce wraps on high. Yeah, and the, it, it, it just it doesn't make sense. And if anybody's looking to to learn specifically what each one of these budget pieces are going for, it's page seventeen of twenty eight on his budget. Um, out there, if you want to, I, I listen. Even when twenty five oh eight came out, I was a big proponent of. Be an informed citizen. Go out and read it yourself and make your own decision. Yep. From me, this looks like a lot of money to put another Band-Aid on the problem instead of actually fixing it. Mm-hmm. Lots of this is going to acute care facilities to rescue endangered manatees. A lot of this is going to uh, bringing on more staff to deal with the problem. And a lot of this is going to, like you said more lettuce rations. Right. And instead of actually letting what nature wants to happen, happen, we're going to keep putting band-aids on and keep spending money on it, which doesn't make any sense. Oh, well, it makes people feel good. It Um, does. It sells save the manatee license plates. That's right. It sells save the manatee t-shirts. Sure. um, Which leads to uh, healthy salaries over at save the manatee club. Correct. Um, I would say Save the Manatee Club probably has more absurd salaries than some of the people that are proponents of um, heightened awareness to water quality issues in the Everglades. Sure. Um, And those are fucking absurd. Um, But uh, I do want to note there is $5.3 million towards... um, FWC manatee morality and response efforts, including 12 new positions. So that's a lot of dough for 12 people. Yeah. Well, and, and not only that, it creates the legacy of 12 more funded positions moving on in perpetuity. That's right. Because right. once the government grows in size, they don't go back. It very rarely shrinks. The, right. the interesting thing on the 30 million is, and I'm, I'm not taking last year's manatee death record into account, but, more or less, let's call it 6,000 manatees in the state, that shakes out to $5,000 worth of lettuce per sea cow. And, and it's not even all year. It's just the winter months. Mm-hmm. So $5,000 worth of romaine lettuce to a sea cow? Yeah, it's pretty pretty robust. So I mean, and we seem pretty harsh about manatees, but here's the thing is it, can be managed effectively and we're, once again as we've pointed out a couple times prioritizing one species over an entire ecosystem that's my problem with it and if, and, yeah and also my problem with it is if the three of us tomorrow afternoon went over because they're lovable as fuck yeah sure and we turned on a water hose and we stood on the dock over here on the intercoastal and we dribbled the fucking fresh water out of the water hose off the dock. Within minutes, one of those dumb clowns would hear it 
and they know what it is because enough people do it, and they would come over and they would drink from the hose because they like the fresh water. And if Johnny Law, the fish cop, saw us doing it, we would potentially be arrested at minimum given a citation for fucking with the wildlife, yeah. right? You're not allowed to molesting. do it. Yeah, you're, yeah, molesting is what they would call it. <laughs> molesting the wildlife. You're like, a sea cow molester. Larry. My officer, my thumb was clearly not in the ass. <laughs> um, yet they could spend state money on feeding these things in an unnatural way, in an unnatural man-made environment, the reason right. that they're here and, and and find themselves in the plight that they're in Correct. Uh, due to the lack of migration. Um, you know, I'm not as hardcore. Like, there's there's tons of people like, well, they're the West Indian manatee. You know, they don't even belong here. They should, you know, well, they're I'm not even going to go back. They're here. Right. They're here. It's, it's but But at the same time, we're artificially continuing to, you know, create a habitat for them to overwinter in an area where they shouldn't. Right. And yeah, you probably can't just fucking turn it off on them. Mm-hmm. I get that. But we've been talking about this very issue for a fucking decade at least, saying, right. hey, you need to wean them off of this and start forcing them to start moving around a little bit yeah. because we're getting such a large number of them. That they are starting to impact the seagrass meadows. Sure. And now that the chickens have come home to roost and our entire ecosystem is collapsing because nobody ever said, you know what, you're right. We're, we don't need these, these warm water discharges because we're only producing the warm water to feel good about making a place for a false taking care of environment yeah. of taking care of manatees. Because, you know... The manatees would have been like, oh, bummer. The warm water's gone. I guess I got to f- swim go. a little bit further south. Yeah. And and we, we could have spread out the consumption of grass, sure. right? It's the same concept as rotating pastures. Exactly. 100%. And it's very similar to the wolves in Yellowstone. Right. You know, we, we took out this particular species. Other species grew and caused massive ecological issues yeah so you know and i'm not saying it's an easy fix no it's a very complicated issue but it just it seems like a waste of taxpayer money to check a box that doesn't need to be there the trout set in it is that it's setting the pattern of we're just going to keep doing this. yeah it's setting the press we're going to keep slapping band-aids on this so we all feel good about it and you know I love, I, I, I honestly do actually love the fact that there's plenty of money being spent oh, sure. to try to unfuck mm-hmm. the obstructions of getting the water down through the glades because when they built the Tamiami Trail, nobody realized that they were creating a dike from east coast to west coast that was disrupting the sheet flow of fresh water. Yeah. And... Now that they realize it, they've been raising portions of the Tamiami Trail. They're getting the water going the right direction. Um, the Everglades agricultural area, you know, they're trying to create the the 
you know, holding area for the water to, to get clean before they send it south. All these things are good things, but they're things that have been in the planning stages for decades and they're just now coming to fruition because it's just how our government works. Very, 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 very slowly. Battleships have to make wide turns. That's right. But it's being done. The problem I do have with it is it's being done at the expense of every other imperiled area around the state. It's mm-hmm. it's the black fucking hole of conservation money at the state level and the federal level for that matter. Um, And when there's groups that market that they're for clean water in Florida, they're doing so disingenuously because if you actually say, does that mean you're also helping up here in Mosquito Lagoon? They'll quietly, if they answer you, they'll quietly answer, well, um, not really. We're just doing Everglades restoration stuff. I mean, you know, if there comes a time where we feel like we can help you, we may, but like our money and our efforts are spent down here. Don't have a problem with that if that's what you say loud and proud every time. Not just when you're called to task on it and you quietly say it because you're fundraising as somebody that's doing stuff statewide when you're not. And you, for whatever reason, the state legislature, the governor's office, everybody's already focusing money into the black hole at everybody else's expense. Um, You know. Absent other, you know, a few dredging projects up here and some, you know, oh, the uh, septic septic to sewer conversions. Um, we're getting nothing done. Um, so trout set, trout set, agreed. Um, final topic for strip set trout set for the evening. Um, I had resisted. Um, <laughs> watching Millhouse, um, in Wait. the in the David Mangum episode, you, you talk about the bad boy because I felt like I didn't want to even contribute to like the play count. Yeah, I feel you because it was like maybe a tacit approval of David Mangum. And I, he's just somebody I don't care for. Yeah. Um, I've met him personally. I've been around him for a couple of days personally. And I just didn't connect with him. Um, I didn't enjoy his company. And I'm fairly certain that I'm so unimportant to him that he doesn't even know who I am. Oh, for sure. Um so he can't even say the same about me because <laughs> he doesn't even know who I am. Um, but what I want to talk about specifically from having watched the Millhouse Mangum episode is what do you guys think of, and this didn't make it 
into Andy's interview, which I think is probably the most glaring miss that Andy had in that episode. Um, I enjoyed that episode when I finally did sit down and watch it, Hmm. but I, I enjoyed that the fact that Andy didn't just give him a glad handed pass on everything. Andy actually held the guy's feet to the fire a little bit. Um, but he didn't really do a great job with following up and drilling down on some questions and some topics, but one that was left off completely. And, um, I've been asked about this by several other people way before Mangum was ever talked about because he, he's probably the number one person as far as of anybody with notoriety that, that does this is the use of drones to scout slash adjust where they're fishing on the fly mm-hmm. in real time. Um, to me, I'm you know I don't think anybody. This has nothing to do with Mangum at this point. I think you the practice in general. the practice of using a drone. is a fucking huge trout set. Um, Number one, most of the places that, you know, we all find ourselves fishing, um, we're out there for the serenity and the the stillness and the the environment that we're immersed in. And if I hear, you know, like the fucking, right. you know, quad mosquito mm-hmm. coming, it's like, what are, what is going on, right. you know? And to find out, like, I didn't even have an awareness to this for, for the longest time, but apparently now people actually use drones to like fly shorelines and to check this bay, that bay to see if they can see fish from the air and then that determines where they're going to post up, run their skiff and post up. And if things are slowing down there, they'll jump on and fucking launch the drone and, you know, go check. And I mean, I don't know to what level, you know, Oh, I see a skiff down the, down the line down there. Let me go see what they're doing. Like what, what, so here's, what is going on? Here's my question, and this might be my ignorance in the drone game. I mean, my my dad has a drone, and uh-huh. I've flown a couple. Like they're they're okay, but there's a a range that you can get with that. Like you're maxing out at a couple hundred yards. Like how? Uh, there's a couple. Oh, I've than seen that. them. I've seen a couple miles. I've seen Mangum use his, and it disappears. Like and miles? then oh, I don't oh, think shit. miles, but. I just it 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 seems to me like it's unnecessary. Like you could just be a better fisherman and put your time in and the, relieve the element of you know fair chase. Like well, that's, and that's that's part of this as well. It's it's okay if the fish wins and you don't catch anything. I know for some people, it's not all about unhurt. You know, putting slabs of meat on the on the deck as right. they say, but like. 
sometimes some of the best fishing experiences are when you don't catch fish. Right. I like to think of it. There's a lot of hunting laws and rules that prohibit the use of aircraft mm-hmm. to go scouting moose, elk, Carabelle, Alaska, all stuff like that. Right. Where they're like 24 hours because it's not fair to the animal. It's right. You can't fly over and go, oh, there's, we'll just land over here a quarter mile away. Right. You know, set up, shoot it. It's, it's not sporting. You know what I probably liken it to is as technology advanced in the radar game for offshore fishermen. You know, the old school guys were sitting up there with binoculars out, scanning shorelines for birds. Right. Versus Joe Schmo on his radar. Right. Sitting there that can look in all directions at once for, you know... 30 miles, yeah. 70 miles, whatever the right. range. Way beyond the visual sighting distance. Right. You know, it's the same... same. It's an unfair advantage that is so unnecessary. So, you know, like Ben just said, you know, the... And um, it, it, a lot of places, too, there's laws against, unless you're a licensed drone pilot, like... With a permit, specifically. National like, Seashores. Yeah, the National Seashores, no zone. ENP, National mm-hmm. national Parks. Yeah. You got to have a permit to fly that drone in Everglades National Park. Like, right. And it's a big fine if you are caught. And the reason that they have that is because of the disruption Sure. To the natural environment that that the noise from the drone makes. Yeah. Um, it you know they don't feel like the wildlife wants that kind of activity around. Um, ben just said, and I wish I could remember exactly how he phrased it. Um, you know, is it that the guide that uses this or the people that you know maybe they're not a guide that it's become such a focus about catching that fish that they have lost sight of the experience right because you know there's you know like down in the keys um, Oceanside Tarpon Game. Mm-hmm. Lower Keys Guide Association. Like if you're out with one of those guys, you're never going to see a trolling motor on their boat. No, they're going to pull. Um, and they're in that three to five feet of water range, right? That that's part of the experience. That's what makes it fair. That's what makes it the game right right Right. now you go around to sarasota saint pete um manasota all the way up the you know up that west coast once those tarpon are coming up you know it it's essentially just like fishing oceanside keys a little later in the summer there will be strings of fish Mm mm-hmm everybody's on a fucking trolling motor yep. and they say, Oh, well we can't push pole out here cause it's three to five feet deep. Well, how is it that for the past three months, all the guys down in the keys were able to pull right. mm-hmm. after these fish. And so, you know, now these fish 
along the fucking West Coast are fucking scooting because they're getting chased. The entire way up. Yeah. Um, And now they're making it all the way up to uh, Location X. And in the panhandle. And, and, you know, I don't know whether Dilbert is using a fucking uh, trolling motor down these days or not. I would guess he probably does. Um, well, yeah, he's got to have the finger free to fly the drone stick. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Now he's got... He's got to n- fiddle with the drone control. Now we're, like, getting to the point where we have to keep such tight fucking... Tabs on the fish that were flying the drone, we're using the trolling motor. Like, wh- where does it stop? Uh, yeah, he'll sit on his couch and do guided trips from the couch with a computer screen and a fucking joystick. Well, the next is going to be uh, it's it's like the uh, the R two feed you. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. it's it's the uh, automated poon trip. That's right. Um. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't. I, I think I would freak out if I was on a guided trip and the guide's like, "Well, hold on a second. Let me see if I can see if there's any fish coming." You know what I mean? You know, I'll be like, "Are you shitting me?" Well, why am I paying? You get on the push right. pole, monkey. It's yeah. It's I, like you said. It's the noise, the serenity. Case in point, we went canoeing today in a state park. And people like had their speakers out playing music, and I'm mm-hmm. like, let them go ahead. I came out here to to get see away some from wildlife, this, right. take a break, and I don't care about your shitty music, and I don't care about your drone noise. Like, let's go, like build a connection with me instead of your robot in the air. Right. Sure. I mean, to be fair, I've never fished in the Panhandle, so maybe it is that scarce by the time the migration gets there but as then labeled as the, the title and make it find them as as the tarpon god up there like i expect more mm-hmm. you're i'm paying you for your intellectual property of right. the knowledge right of the spots to go fucking go there if it's as good as you say there should be fish there right or there should be a backup spot right like, i remember a video they don't have to years. do that in the keys they right. have a list of spots and they check them off. Like it's not hard, right? But that's my two cents. I mean, what what do I know? I'm not a guide. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think there's definitely folks that think that drones have a place in fishing in general. Um, me personally, I can't see it. Um, I think it's the antithesis of what I'm out there to do. And uh, for that reason, um, I'm going to, I'm going to roll trout set. Yeah. Um, Which I hate that our whole strip set trout set, this, this episode was all trout, but uh, some days that's just the way the cookie crumbles. That's all right. If this, if this next topic was on the list, it'd be a full strip set. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the next topic I think is just, it's about things being done the right way. And so we're going to get off the negative train. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, Jameson to his credit, I'm a social media whore. I'll find out. <laughs> shit. Notice this. And I, I don't know how I missed it. 
Um, I actually am on their uh, email list, so I'm sure I probably got an email. Probably. But I've been fishing so much lately, maybe <laughs> I've been missing the emails. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> us, us nine to five has got to, you know, put the time in on the yeah. computer screens. Not well, the- you're like my little drone. That's you right. You know, you're able to bird dog out. You, you know, find stuff. the data for us. That's right. So um, apparently, Howler Brothers, um, which uh, I think we could say each of us is a pretty pretty big fan of this yeah yeah for yeah. sure yeah I'm, i i definitely dig their their vibe and uh someone that uh is uh very near and dear to the show that uh we're uh hopefully gonna see here in a couple of weeks on a on a friday evening he was actually in austin oh, yeah. um and he went to the new howler hacienda Okay. Um, and uh, he was telling me about his experience there because he said if you put in Howler Brothers, it gives the address, and the Howler Hacienda is so new that the address that it gives you is actually the building across the street, which is actually the corporate headquarters. Okay. And he said when you walk up, there's actually just like a sticky note on the door that says, if you're here to shop, turn around. We're across the street. Okay, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so we're, we're, we're going to send Howler Brothers a little bit of love. Um, and, you know, yeah. they can respond in kind with all the discount codes that they would like to provide us um, <laughs> at any point, whenever they feel that it's appropriate. That's true. That, that price tag on their stuff is... We yeah. will make a Father's Day post about it, but there will be anything that says, disclaimer, this is an ad. That's yeah. right. We'll let everybody know. Yeah. But um, Turbulent Waters, um, I guess the uh, roundabout May 27th, so right before Memorial Day weekend. Right. Um, this is really cool. Uh, I, like I said, I missed it. You pointed it out. Yeah. Uh, it was a release of Howler gear that that included a, a whole sort of lineup like they typically do. You know, a, a normal T-shirt, probably a long sleeve, a hat, and right. even, even a gaucho. Yeah. And the interesting and the unique thing, and I find this super cool. Super rad. Because we're friends with enough um, shop owners that... One of the biggest gripes that shop owners have learned to live with and they just have to bite their fucking lip about in the in the space these days is most manufacturers are now competing with their retail partners, mm-hmm. meaning everything that they produce that you can buy at the specialty shop, you could also just short circuit and just go straight to the manufacturer and buy it off their website. Right. Never leave the house. Never go to the shop. It comes in a couple of days. It just comes in a couple of days. Well, the Howler Turbulent Waters collection, collection, the whole, the whole thing. Whether it's a, a, a feed store hat, whether it's a T-shirt in that collection, you cannot buy it from Howler Brothers. Yep, you can only find it at specific Howler retailers. Which is really actually pretty damn cool. Yeah. Except for the fact, 
I don't know that I have a howler retailer in our close so vicinity. In my vicinity, That's I know what I Harry up. Harry nope. Good does not on the list. Harry Good's not on the. I don't they sell howler? Okay, there's there's a list of howler retailers that got. Oh, it's very not every. It's uh, not every howler retailer. Yeah, it's, it's limited. I'm limited. Sure, sure, that has to do with sales quantities. Okay, Saint Augustine. Well, actually, south of Saint Augustine is our closest one. Where? Uh, Mangrove Surf and Supply. On A1A South St. Augustine. Damn, I was just there. Wow. I, I just was coming back from Mayo the other day. I, and I was like, reason, actually, reasonably close because I, I put in Melbourne and thinking Harry Goods was going to pop up and it did not. Huh. So then I typed in Jacksonville. Do a uh, screenshot. Screenshot and send you. that to me. I might be doing a road trip next week. Hey, let me know. Yeah, no, I think, I think the idea is really, really awesome for a brand like that right to do you know is is to give back a little bit to some of those and it doesn't have to be all of them but right right some some of the the better retailers for or even if they just rotate you know sure you know maybe those guys got this batch of you know that and the next time they do a a special you know maybe harry good gets Mm -hmm. makes the list you know and it takes it takes a lot for the retailer to do that and it takes morals because you know, obviously, yes, you're not going to get the sales volumes that you normally would if you sold it online at your retailer. But, you know, you also wouldn't be here without these right these on-the-ground brick-and-mortar stores. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things as we continue into the digital era, you know, that the brick-and-mortar stores are hurting. And every chance that we can get to give back and, mm-hmm. you know... Yeah. Stop in your fly shop, spend a couple bucks, you know, and hey, if there's a little gimme for a limited edition shirt, right. I'm gonna go even more. Absolutely. Right. Um I think I have um mentioned this in the past through like a DM um directly to Howler. Um but uh I'll say it again. Um because based on our visitor, our friend that was visiting Austin mm-hmm. this this very weekend, mm-hmm. uh, that's actually still in town there right now, um, they were talking with uh, staff at the Hacienda, and according to the conversation, they were familiar with our show at the Hacienda. They've listened. Um, okay. Celebrity status. They No, just... That's weird. Just awareness. Just good people. Yeah. Just good people, right? Um, One of the things that I do very enjoy is stickers. We all know that. Mm -hmm. I think everybody at this table does enjoy stickers. So I bought a couple of shirts recently, and I bought one of the uh, Howler... Um, smiley face stickers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it was like three bucks. So it's not the three bucks. It's like, to me, that should be like, because it's such a small sticker, that should be like if my order has, you know, a couple hundred bucks in the cart. Yeah. The guy in 
shipping should be given the fucking ability to be like a sticky handful. You know, yeah, I'm going to throw like a, you know, four or five sure. stickers into the order with that. And now hold on, let me let me finish. Okay. The you know, I I bitched about not getting stickers in a package before and on Instagram people DM'd me, well, you know, hey you idiot, you know, you get a monkey with on every tag or whatever. And it's like yeah, but how many fucking monkey stickers do I need? You right. know, uh, you know, at some point that becomes like getting the Yeti sticker because I, you know, registered, you know, yeah. because if you register your re- your Yeti um, purchase, they send you like an absurd amount of Yeti stickers. Yeah. Um. So I made the um recommendation to uh, Rick Witt. Wittenbreaker, or however you say his last name, who's the marketing mm-hmm. guy out there, I said, wouldn't it be cool if instead of getting a Howler Monkey sticker, the next time I got my Pearl Snaps, whatever the embroidery mm-hmm. is. Yeah, limited sticker. A limited sticker with that shirt. Yeah, I remember that one. And... Uh, to me, it's like a no-brainer, you know. Oh, like, yeah. holy shit, you know. Like, it would bec- they would become like trading cards. I right. really oh. believe, you know. Like, you know, because you have to get that shirt to get that sticker, and like, yeah. just you know, or they could even come, you know, it could be done with like certain hats or certain, mm-hmm. you know, like. So I don't know. Um, it increase maybe, the resale value for sure, you know, because you can eBay some. Some howler stuff, well, right? Because think about it: who's going to go out and buy two of that eighty dollars pearl snap? Right. I might for a sticker, but like, you probably have one sticker, and like, what design do you want that you can't get? Right. Yeah. I mean, it. Yeah, it's. I like that idea, but you know, it's it's also some some companies do that off rip, you know. Spend X amount, you get, you know, X Y Z free products. You oh know, yeah, use that. Yeah. So even something like that, but you know, change it up a little bit. Well, like you know, the whole free sticker thing to me is like something that I've always from the skater world. You know, like oh yeah, you, you buy anything you, in the skate. You world, go in, gonna, you go to the skate shop, and you know, you've spent, you bought a deck, or you've bought some wheels, or what. Whatever you're just being a, a a decent fucking kid that goes in there, sure. they've got a whole box that they're like, here, oh, grab yeah. some stickers. Having having worked at a fly shop, you know, yeah. stickers that a fly shop gets. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, it's insane. Yeah, they should so. have a box that they just pull out and be like, here, help yourself to some stickers. Yeah. Ah. <sighs> So, uh, on the local level, um, speaking of uh, great retail decisions like Haller made, um, I continue to ride the struggle bus to like my local fly shop. Um, before I went... I don't even think you can call it a fly shop at this point. It's a conventional offshore <sighs> shop that has a fly section. That's how hard I'm trying, though, Jameson. I'm like, you know, it, it does... It, it. 
it's the closest place where I could go get fly related stuff. Stuff like you know they they've got fly rods there, they've got fly reels there, they've got some fly tying material there. Mm. Um, maybe I'm holding on too tight, you know, um, and, and I'm wanting it too bad. But uh, I think they finally fucking broke me. Uh-oh. Um, before I left to go down and fish with Rick, um, I was in there and I knew I was going to be in the sun a lot. So I needed a couple of uh, sun shirts and they have, they carry, uh, what is it? Marshware. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, the Marshware hoodies are super soft. Fucking, I love the fit of them. So I went in and bought two. So, you know, a couple hundred bucks. Um, they're just not like fucking welcoming there. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, walk in, I happen to know what I wanted, but like there was no, like, you know, they were standing talking behind the fucking counter. Like, you know, sure. It wasn't like, Oh, Hey, thanks for coming in. Anything we can help you with? Right. None of that. They're busy. Yeah. Busy talking to each other. Yeah. Not, you know, like there was no other, you know, so Shannon and I walk in and they of course fucking pretty much ignore, you know, they look up to see if, you know, a couple of bums walked in. Apparently we did. Yeah. Um, so we go straight to the rack, get the two shirts that I want, go up there. Shannon pays, we leave. Um, but that's not even what I'm bitching about. So, Wyatt and I are about to go to Alaska, and based on some good advice from our friend Jimmy, um, and I can't even believe I'm getting these things, um, <laughs> The uh, we're getting, both of us are getting like a pair of those uh, Grundon uh, boots, boots, like the, the low... But, I'm so pleased. Well, you're a deck boy now, huh? No, we're doing it I because it's you got to wear those in a bikini next time. Because it's wet up there all the time where right, we're going right. to be. So you know, Jimmy's like, dude, you're going to need these. Like, dry feet are very important. I was like, yeah, 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 I get it. So should have gotten muck boots. Well, there's a I have goes I have me. plenty of those. Um, this is anyway. <laughs> based on based on our Sherpa's um, recommendation right. for what we need for while we're out of waders um, and to be comfortable and not hot but still protected, whatever we we needed these right. So uh, Wyatt and I go in there yesterday. Yep, Friday, and Tanner had told me that. Uh, Someone that he knows um, had just started working there recently. Okay. Um, and while we walked in, the two older guys were behind the counter, younger guy behind the counter. They all chose not really to say anything when we walked in. So as we walked past, because I knew where the product was that I was looking for, I said, hey, how's it going, fellas? And everybody just kind of like, you know, walk over and all the display shoes are there and 
literally the boxes with the you know mm-hmm. are like so far overhead like i can't even like stretch and get them it's going to have to somebody's going to have to have a ladder right. right yeah so i stand there stand there stand there and finally i'm like hey could uh somebody help us by getting some some stuff down so that we can try it on oh yeah yeah no problem no problem so they dispatch the kid well, the kid goes to the storeroom, grabs the ladder, comes back, and as he's sitting the ladder down, he's like, hey, I think you know my friend Tanner. And I was like, yeah. And, like, we actually start having a conversation. Right. <clears throat> he gets down, pair for Wyatt. Wyatt tries them on. They're, he's golden. Gets down a pair for me. I try them on. I'm like, yeah, a little too tight, and I'm going to be wearing, like, Merino wool socks, right. so I need to have, you know, a little, bit of a little bit of wiggle room, so let's go with one size up. I get it down. Now we're kind of sitting over closer to where the uh, grumpy old men are, and we're still talking, like, you know, how, do you know so-and-so? Okay, you stay down here. What kind of boat yeah. do you have? Like, we're actually, I'm actually starting to feel good. Yeah, Maybe this is, and his boss is like, Walks up, <coughs> interrupts to tell the kid he needs to go back in this stock room. I've got it from here. Really? And all that meant was stop talking. Stop talking. Stop and he, wasting their time. And he goes back behind the counter. Jesus. So I pick up the two boxes of fucking, you know, $100 fucking overpriced boots. Mm-hmm. Put them on the counter. Now, I have all I've ever done in this shop, and I've only been in there like 10 minutes, is walk through the front door, straight past these guys, stood there long enough till I had to fucking ask for help, right. got two items, came back, and now I'm ready to pay. And this old guy is so clueless that he points to a pile of fucking like two-ounce weights, a bunch of circle hooks, like terminal tack, like this little yeah. pile of terminal. He's like, is that yours too? And I was like, I basically snarled. I was like, fuck no. I don't have fish with shit like that. But like, I, dude, I'd have left him there on the counter and said, nope, I'm not, I'm not doing it with you. I'll find somewhere else to buy these things. Like, I, only, I only did it out of motherfucking convenience. And I, I told Wyatt, wow. I was like, I'm done. Yeah. I am done. If we weren't just like getting all our shit ready for Alaska and wanting to just like, right, just you know, just go. to be able to be like, okay, we've we've done it. Check the box. We're we're good to go. Like I'm done fucking spending money there. Yeah, like it's so fucking maddening. Yeah, that's that's, and the, they don't give a shit. No, that is the worst etiquette in a retail setting mm-hmm. ever. Like, if you're talking to somebody and engaging with somebody, the worst thing you can do as a leader in that organization is tell somebody to shut the fuck up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's bad. Yeah. That's, and it's funny. It's, there's places like in North Carolina where my family goes quite often, there's a number of fly shops on the river. We go to one specifically because of the culture at that fly shop. Mm-hmm. And the other ones, 
well, I'm sure they get some tourists that, you know, don't know, but like the real fly fishermen go to this one shop. Well, what's crazy is like there are listeners to our show that I see going in and out of that shop all the time that seem to love it. And I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Is there like, is there like a wink, wink, nod, nod? Am I supposed to this guy again? Do I put my, like, which guy do I fucking tickle his balls? You know, like there's gotta be some kind of secret, you know, they're secret listeners. I hear you talking shit. Well, I'm talking shit because they treat you like shit. Right. Yeah. You know, I'll be the first, I mean, here's the thing. I love, Praising fly shops. Oh, yeah. I love talking about local businesses. Love it. Love it. Love it. But I'm also not shy about this place fucking sucks. Right. But it takes a lot to get me to the point where I'm like, yeah, no, this place is fucking, you know, I've given them 10 fucking chances and sure, you know, I'm just never going to be that fucking idiot anymore. I'm going to quit bitching about them. And just stop going. I'm going to stop trying. Yeah. Yeah. Just got to fucking stop trying. But I'm also going to share, like, you know. Right. <clears throat> maybe I'm not doing it to stop anybody. I'm just sharing what happened to me. Right. Yeah. It's a bummer. Cause it's like, like Seigler, you know. Yeah. There's plenty of people that are going to go buy those reels and love them. Sure. I can tell you a pretty long story about why I didn't enjoy mine. Yep. To right. the point that. Even once it's supposedly all good to go, I I have no confidence in it and haven't even put backing on it or line and have no desire to and you know you lost my trust as a yeah buyer yeah that's it and now it's just a fucking paperweight reminder of seven hundred and fifty dollars that I spent like a fucking moron based on some really good marketing (laughs) (laughs) happens to the best of us yeah. So, Mm-mm-mm. when when you guys divvy up my estate, you guys can all be like, uh, "I don't think we get <laughs> we're out of who, 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 who got stuck with the fucking Seigler? Oh, I knew he didn't like me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, <coughs> all right. Well, uh, what are we at here? Holy smokes. I would say it's going to be a good are one. Are we breaking Joe Rogan? We're past three. We've done it. We're a little over three. Hot nice. dog. So, uh, man, you know, here's the thing. So, I'm headed to Alaska in two weeks. So, and that has me gone for a week. So, so that's three. That's three. And that's if you come back and want to do it, like, in two days. Well, in two days, we have an appointment. So... You're right. Let's shoot for... That's Sunday? That's Friday. I thought we had an appointment on the Friday. That's what I'm saying. So you want to... You want to do it... Oh, oh, you're saying, like, do one on Sunday following the Friday. That would be... Or Saturday, something, that weekend. Yeah. Let's hit it real fresh. Yeah, hit it real fresh. Jason and I are going to go make a date to go fish, so we have something to talk about. Yeah, I need to go fish. I have fish. It's bad. Like, at all. When you ask me, like, when did you fish? I'm like, fuck, I've been working on this house. I've been working I was going to call you to fish today. Yeah. And I was like, because Sam was going to, oh, and shout out to um, Sam Bailey today um, from Georgia. He was in town for business, and... uh, Sam and I go way back to like the Drake days. Sam listens to the show, but uh, Sam came and we we broke bread at JB's, which is 
the closest I could get to fishing today. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I was going to call you and see if you wanted to come down and sure. fish with us. And I was like, you know what? He's working on his boat. I'm just not going to even fucking like That's pull fair. him away from that. The, pu- the push is on. Dinghy Derby uh, is coming up in October. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we don't want you to be been uh, out no. till three in the morning the night before. Oh, have no worry. Don't My cap's it. already married, and it's there got paint go. on it. All I need to do is a couple couple things. But yeah, I'm proud. I saw that picture of Dinghy Derby one popped up on my timeline the other day. Oh yeah, up, it's that time of and I year. was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, he's like, "That doesn't even look like your boat." I was like, "That's not the same boat." I mean, it is, but it's that's right. That's so far gone. That's like a ghost of a shell. I still think you fucked up taking the uh, Miss Matt or you know it the disco deck, so the disco deck, hot and. I'm not buying that, dude. dude I'm telling I'm you, not buying you gotta, that. You got to try Andrew's sock technique, but that's right. And it it will be a while, but I have decided that when my non skid does wear out and it has to be replaced, there will be some iteration of the disco deck that comes back. I right. know where your life's too at. short not to have a fun pattern skiff. I know where your hatch is at. I had on my skiff. No, the original hatch. The disco deck hatch is still in existence in its original form. Okay, you should get you're, that. And hang I was going to say wall. you're going to bring that to me. Um, I did not know that still existed. I don't know why I thought that got thrown away, but I don't um, care where it is or where it's hanging or what piece of like we'll, we'll writing talk. board. We'll talk. We'll talk. No, we'll talk. it's not a discussion. It's a okay. Um, it's a piece of my boat. Fucking bring it on, motherfucker. I'm okay. putting it on my wall to my wife's chagrin. Okay. And they um, But yeah. Ooh, speaking of events. Yeah. I know we made a post about it and we haven't really talked about it. Oh, doing another insta- TPCC. Uh, yeah. And you know, like, that's it. It's like another. <coughs> well, that's like another fucking. I mean, we could try to do one right before the 4th of July next week. No, it's but too th- soon. That's too soon. And like. After Fourth of July, that week is a short week. People aren't. Yeah. Well, I'll be gone. I'll be. Yeah. You know. Oh, okay. um, so yeah, again, like I when we originally put that out, I was thinking this week that we're in right now right. that yeah. we just finished that we would. And then and it got so backward. Uh, and then it, I ended up doing two trips, and then, and then Mark's out of town. Does when I life? when I got back from the the second tarpon trip, right. I was under the weather for about four or five days. Yeah. So, you know. Does life feel busier now that, you know, COVID's over? Because it feels busier to me. Yeah. I have no time. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we need to do the new TPCC. Um, it, it, it is coming. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. Um, completely new um, setup. Setup. It's going to. Um, Just uh, another thing for them fly shops out there to steal. That's right. Um, that's fine. That's fine. We, we like being leaders in the, uh, in the space, but, um, the ideal number of casters will be 16. Yep. Um, you know, we're going to have plenty of time, plenty of time to get this done because, uh, the solstice was just the other day. That's right. And I actually looked on the solstice, we had 14 hours between sunrise and sunset. Oh, yeah. And generally speaking, the day is getting shorter by one minute 
per day. So we will we'll have you know late evenings for quite some time still to come. That's right. Um, let me get back from Alaska. Yeah, and uh, we'll have a show very quickly after I get back from Alaska. And during that show, we'll be able to uh, announce like a date. A date. We'll okay. be able to put a date to yeah. that. Yep. Awesome. So, uh, so all you local guys, mark your calendar. Yeah, and uh, not yet, of course. Not yet. Get your pens ready. Get your but pens. Clear ready. your schedule. <laughs> That's right. Clear your schedule. Um, Shoot for the month of June Just or July. I mean, July. Do not plan anything from July to August. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Clear your calendar. Sorry, I think I can't go. The, Weddings, the, birthdays, <laughs> fuck them. The Taylor Trash guys are about to do a fucking pop-up flat They only do event. these three times a year. That's right. It's a highly competitive competition. There's and, only 16 slots. And to sweeten the deal, um, I've actually already gone shopping. Oh, shit. And uh, have... Uh, the appropriate arts and crafts oh, uh, materials for for some trophy action. The new Taylor Trash Arts and Crafts segment is like, <clears throat> I'm here for it. Oh, Dewan got his uh, nice his, yeah. his his trophy. I sent that, and uh, he acknowledged that he'd gotten it. Um, so uh, I'm sure that's proudly displayed on a shelf somewhere. Did did all of you guys get Happy Father's Day messages from Dewan? I didn't. But I, I did, very well. and all I could think of <clears throat> was that Dewan was just going down his friends list. Like, I'm gonna hit everybody, and forgot. So I, I like I voicemail in the back. I was like, "Hey, thanks for the happy Father's Day wishes. Happy Father's Day to you too." I was like, "Unless God has told you and your wife something, my wife and I are aware of. We're still just like we just have a fur baby. But thank you very much. I hope your day is awesome and you spend it with your kids." Um, but thank you for thinking of me. That really did mean a lot. And there is no baby, by the way. <laughs> oh, rats. We're clear. <clears throat> I lost some money to Mark on that one. Damn. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you thought there was going to be a, a honeymoon baby? Just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah. No, we're not. We're good. All right. Well, um, anything else that we need to uh, I think lie about? All the main. I think that's everything. Well, hopefully we've provided a good three hours of uh, entertainment. Not that anybody listens for the stories. They only listen to laugh at us. And, and that's okay. Uh, that's what we like the most is the laughter. And don't forget, we're sponsored by you guys. Um, that's why we do this. Um, is selfishly for a meal together mm-hmm. to sit down and shoot the shit knowing that uh, maybe it'll put a smile on somebody's face sometime during the week when you happen to be listening to it. This episode is brought uh, to you by Y-O-U. Y-O-U. U-Brand. The letter U. Um, can you Side believe 80 episodes? It's pretty wild. And 80, it. it's actually 80 plus because right. yeah. our weird way of counting. 80 numbered episodes. 80 numbered episodes. Um so uh, that's it for uh, episode 80 of Taylor Trash Fly Fishing from lovely Oak Hill, Florida. Thanks, everybody, that's been uh, 
supporting the show by visiting the website and buying merch. Uh, don't forget, there's plenty of stickers, plenty of t-shirts, hats, that kind of thing available. Helps us keep uh, the lights on, the shows hosted, and the good times rolling. So uh, we will uh, catch you sooner, hopefully rather than later. We know uh, it's been a lot of time in between shows, but we're going to try to get better about that. See ya. Thank you very much.